plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And um, we are late this week. Well, uh, uh, entirely because of me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we couldn't record on Wednesday for legitimate reasons. We were super late. And then yesterday, which I forgot was Thursday... We didn't record, even though I got home in a decent enough time that we could have recorded remotely, totally. Um, but I, so because I work Tuesday through Saturday. Oh, we're Cantrip Cartel, by the way. Thank you. We're going to talk magic. Um, <laughs> because I work Tuesday through Saturday, Thursday is my Wednesday. So I just got home and I was talking to my wife and I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll just do it tomorrow. Like it's late. Matt likes to go to bed a little earlier. It'll be difficult. We'll just do it tomorrow. And then I woke up. I literally woke up and I was like, it's fucking Friday. Oh my God, it's Friday. Yep. We didn't record. <laughs> I even stayed up because I was waiting. I'm. You should have <laughs> said something. Well, I was just like, man, this job must be taken forever. No, I just and totally I was like, forgot. And at that point I went, well, if he's still at this job, I'm not going to text him about the podcast. He's probably losing his fucking mind no. at this point. <laughs> no, I actually, the job I was going to got canceled because I had to flat tire and had to go get my tire fixed. And I got home in a decent time, actually. Yep. So, so yeah, don't uh, yeah. So uh, super sorry, everybody. It'll be up tonight, so it'll be up on Friday, just not Friday morning. Yep. So with that being said, Matt, okay, get your bingo cards out. Let's keep it short this week. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, as far as so basically, my life revolves around uh, my wife and video games. Yep. Um, as far as and I don't usually talk about like actual personal stuff on the podcast. So um, as far as video games go. <laughs> So, I kind of got bored with Dark Souls, um, so I haven't been playing that the past few days. I just kind of like, I didn't get like frustrated and rage quit or anything. I and so this isn't directly what led to it, but just so everybody knows that I didn't get frustrated. I beat three bosses in a row first time. Nice. So it wasn't that I was like, oh, this yeah. game is too hard. I I was just like, I I just got to the point where I was like, so what I did, um, just so you would know, anybody who's played it. So, um, I went through the the dungeon with the undead dudes who. Keep so I did that. Yeah, that's the Carthus cat, the catacombs of Carthus. Yes, went through, killed that boss. The uh, the the giant dude with the shackles. Yeah, I can't remember who it is right now. He's a very gimmicky. I don't like. Yeah. He's a gimmicky dumb yeah, boss he's in my opinion. Easy as shit too. He didn't even. He literally. I took no damage. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The worst. Well, the worst part about him is so the the abyss is around him, and if you mm -hmm. get too far from him into the darkness. You'll like insta die. Oh, gotcha. That's the gimmick about it. Well, that's not a problem for me. Yeah. I don't typically speaking nope. get very far away from bosses. Yep. <laughs> um, so I can see how that would be like a dif more difficult fight for like a ranged character. Uh huh. But my damage is through the roof, and he's pretty easy. So I beat him. Um, then the next thing, because I was reading the guide, because I want to get the best ending, right? Yep. And it's not simple at all. It's not. So, um, I it was uh, it's the fiery lake thing like it's where you had to yeah. like knock the bridge out and then go down yep that bridge so i did that you fought the old demon king down there and fought the old demon king beat him yep and then i did like a couple other the, like the side things to like get it so i was in a position where astoria or whatever that i'm i'm still i have her quest train yes or quest line on track yep. we're good to go as far as i know and i was like i just kind of petered out so i will probably go back to it but Oh, go ahead. Well, let's say the combat wasn't nearly as engaging to you for Dark Souls as it was for Bloodborne. Yeah, it, it just, I don't know how to describe it. So 
I play games very aggressively. Yeah. I'm still doing that and clearly able to do that. In you might Dark like Sekiro Souls, then. In Dark Souls. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know. But part of it probably has to do with the guide I follow is a 100% guide. Uh-huh. And so, like, a lot of that, because I don't want to, like, miss. And if you miss something in this, you're fucked. So Sometimes, like, yeah. Like, I don't really care about the... um. Like, I, I'm using the same weapon the whole game. Yep. Like, I don't care about, like, the loot necessarily, but I don't want to miss any story stuff because I yeah. want to get the uh, the good ending. Yep. But I also don't... The It's just a text guide, so I can't, like, skip around because I'll lose where I'm at. Uh-huh. So, like... It does... I, a lot of the game that I enjoy was the exploring part. It was the yeah. just, just kind of wandering through dungeons and wandering through the map. And mm-hmm. if you are running a guide, you're going to miss out on that. Yeah, and it's... So, the... I don't know what it was. I basically I just lost steam. And to be fair, part of it is I basically played it right after Bloodborne. So yeah. I've been playing effectively the same From game soft, for yeah. like sixty something hours at this point. Yep. So you know, I take breathers from it. 100%. Um, so in order to find something to do, the Square Enix had made uh, they remastered. It's called the Pixel Remaster uh-huh. Final Fantasies one through six. And just recently this year, they released on the PlayStation Store. So I got Final Fantasy. I bought the whole bundle. Uh huh. So ended up being like seventy five or eighty bucks for six games. Sure. Um, and I played through Final Fantasy one, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was, I beat it in like nine hours and change. It's not bad. It's an NES game. Yep. It's pretty small, probably. Yeah, it's pretty small. Like if you know where you're going, it's pretty yep. small. But I had a really good time. Like it was, it was cool to see where like a lot of the. So I had played it when I was really young, mm-hmm. and. So uh, Derek, his, I don't know how you would describe him, but for lack of a better word, his stepdad had shown me how to play it. Uh-huh. And I vaguely remember beating it or him saying that we beat it. Gotcha. But like, I don't it, know if I actually beat it. because has little kid syndrome. Of, it very easily hey, could have been. we did it. Yay. But I have beat it mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, funny thing was the last boss in that actually did kill me. It was the one and only time I died. So the way the spells work in that is like typically speaking in a Final Fantasy, you have what's called MP. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty standard stuff. Everybody, that's yep. how you cast your spells. It's a resource. You spend it to cast spells, right? Yeah. Everybody playing magic knows what MP is. Yep. In Final Fantasy 1, what you have is um, when you're leveling up a mage, every few levels or whatnot, you will get access to a new tier of spells. It's You can very much tell that it was kind of, uh, it drew heavy inspiration from D&D. Yeah. Um, so you have to you learn your spells. There's usually three to five spells for each type of like white magic and black magic uh-huh. per thing. So you had to pick which ones you want. And then per that level, you can cast any spell on that level a certain number of times. Yes. And then you're out of MP. So it's very similar to like D&D where you kind of had to like l- memorize your spells for the day. And you have like, I don't remember. I've never played a mage in D&D, but I know the basic gist of it. And you can only cast them a certain amount of times. It's very much like that. It was almost certainly inspired by. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the class, the classes are, it even has like a, the, what do you call it? The advanced class, basically. So you can do a quest. So you become, you start out as a fighter and then you become a knight by doing a quest in Final Fantasy, which is sort of D&D-esque. Kind of like a like a level up mechanic where yeah. you get access to more stuff. Yep. Because you were did a good job as this one thing. Now you get more shit that yep. this thing does. So you're now like a in a this. It's one. like a, a knight is everything a fighter is, but it can also cast white magic up to level three. Okay. Like okay, that I got kind you. of thing. Um, 
Uh, so I go to fight the last boss and I wasn't really paying attention because I was kind of like, I mean, this is not my first rodeo with Final Fantasy, so I know exactly yep. what I'm doing. Like, I'm like working my way through the last dungeon. I'm like, I'm going to give him a shot. Yeah. And hadn't realized I had like used 80% of my heal spells. Whoopsies. Which made the la- made that fight really fun because I was yeah. like, now all of a sudden I have to like really try to like perfectly determine how much healing to use and when to use it. And mm-hmm. I learned something in that fight. You can uh, you can buff yourself uh, with multiple different spells. And they've changed the names over the years. Yeah. But currently they're using the same ones I use for Final Fantasy XI. So I've got like Temper and uh, a couple other spells. So one of them, the way that works, the way accuracy works in that game is the higher accuracy you have. Yeah. It's a turn-based game. So you you hit attack and you do your attack. The more accuracy you have and it's at break points, the more hits you do. So if you get like, if you're, it's in percentages in this version of it. If you get your percentage to, it's like every 32% gives you another hit. Okay. So you need your accuracy to 80%, you're hitting twice. Right. And if you get it to 96, you're hitting three times. Okay. That, that I don't remember the exact numbers, but sure. that principle stands. Um. Well, there's a spell. What the fuck was it called? Can't remember what the spell was called, but it increased your accuracy. So it was it gave you haste, which is what that does as well. Yep. So it increases your accuracy, so you hit more times, and it makes you stronger. It's a combination of two spells. Can you get your accuracy above 100 with buffs? Yeah, it goes up to 255 in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's what it is. It's sorry. The accuracy is out of 255, and the percentage is a representation of how much accuracy you have, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. So, so you, can't, you're, you're, you can't get above 100%. You can't get above 100%, but at 100%, that means you have 255 accuracy. Yep, I got you. Um, well, that buff that is haste and attack stacks with the haste and attack, and I didn't realize that. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was cool. That was, you can kind of double up. <laughs> yeah, and... I realized that at the end, because like I was like, oh, I wonder if this stacks, because it'll tell you which spells are active. And I was yeah. like, well, I cast this one on him, and then I cast the haste on him, and it's like, you have haste and this. I was like, fucking sweet. sweet. Double haste. So like I went into the next, and I fought him a second time and just curb stomped him. Very much like D&D, double haste would be incredibly broken. Yeah, it would. So it was, uh, I had a lot of fun. It was really cool. You get to pick your class in that. So you get yeah. four characters and you just, you can make an all warrior class and then just use potions the whole time if you want, which um, another cool thing, there's gear in that, that if you equip it, it's a decent piece of gear. Yep. If you leave it in just your item slot, mm-hmm. any character can use that as an item and it will cast a spell. So it's how you can actually have like a cure spell yeah. with an all fighter, cl- all fighter uh, party. Yeah. Um, and they're really good. And here's nice. the big thing. They don't consume your MP. So it makes like, is it like, is it, was it like an item you consume then or no, it, it's not consumable. It's just only one character can use it per round. Okay. But it, it comes back. So like sweet, perfect example would be others. Uh, one is just called Thor's hammer and it's a hammer that, uh, cause in that, uh, white mages can use hammers. Yep. So it's Thor's hammer. If you call me on yeah, no, in the item, it's literally just called Thor's hammer. I know. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you just use it, it casts Thundara, which is just a, a lightning spell that But hits. it doesn't, doesn't consume it any doesn't MP, consume it. doesn't, it nope. just, it, the spell just happens. Yep, you just go, I'm going to cast Thundara. And Does then, it have any, like, stats that scale with your character, or is no, it fixed stats? Uh, well, it, the spell itself will do more damage based on your intelligence. Okay, so, so it, does, like, it does scale with the character. Yeah, so it's it's still better to use that item as a mage than it would be as a fighter. But it does give your fighter access to healing that they wouldn't have yep. altogether. And there's a couple you get. There's three different items which cast like AOE heal. 
So oh, in sweet. theory, you could have a white mage and all three of your other party members cast heal on all the same turn. Cast heal. Yeah. So and nice. those three don't count. So it was it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Again, it's short. Yeah. It's an NES game. And when you know where you're going, like yeah, it doesn't take that long. Those games were long because they made them a little arbitrary. A little like well, and, there's a lot of like wandering around and yeah. talking to people and kind of figuring it out because that was a way. And my, the way I look at it is it was a way to pad time. Well, and part of it was just the it's kind of like the ex- exploring thing where mm-hmm. it's just like there there's not going to be a flashing arrow on top of this guy's head. Yeah. If you walk into a town in a D&D game, what do you do? Yep, you go to the tavern. You go to the tavern. Start it, talking to people. See if you hear anything. Yep, go and, maybe go to, maybe go to the stables and see what that. I mean, the, does the governor have any jobs? Yeah, he kind of got. Oh, what's this it called? Guy's, Carousing or whatever. Yeah, like so, there's a word for it. Just to go talk to people and figure out what's going on. Right, and that's what you do as you go. You know, basically the the gist of the Final Fantasies. You go to a town and there's a problem. Yeah, you need to find what the problem is and then go solve the problem and then come back to town and they give you something. Gotcha. That is like Final Fantasy one to a T. So what the the rough story in Final Fantasy one is is there's four crystals, one for each element: earth, wind, fire, water. And they've uh, something evil has caused them to go out. By going out, it's causing all kinds of bad shit in the world. Okay. Your four warriors of light who were prophesized to show up and save the save the day. So you go to four different dungeons mm-hmm. and earth, water, fire, and uh, wind themed dungeon yep. and Turn the crystal back on. So you make your way through the dungeon. You got to find it. They're basically mazes yep. with treasure hidden in them. So you can go get them. And there's a boss at the end. And there's random fights throughout. One of the things that did make the game t- take a lot less longer when I played it is the modern ones have, you can turn random encounters off. And that is a gotcha. huge quality That's of life like improvement. Pokemon thing, right? Yeah. Like just walking through tall grass, you'll bump into a... Yes. So you're constantly fighting. Yeah, Basically, anywhere in a Final Fantasy, anywhere that's not in a town, there's random enemies. Yeah. So whether you're in the world map or in a dungeon, there's going to be random enemies. That's like in Pokemon, it was repels. It's it's the same thing. It'll take an hour to get through a cave because you bump into a Geodude every five steps or throw a repel on, you can get through in five minutes. Yep. And so what the cool thing is that I really like about the no encounters thing, and the funny thing is, is in most Final Fantasies, past the first couple you can actually just get a piece of gear that does the same thing yeah so it's not like this is something that like you shouldn't ever have but it allows you to kind of customize the difficulty yeah because when you're fighting you're getting xp and you're fucking when you turn off random encounters you don't just gradually that'd be like uh it's like when you like speed run dark souls like you're getting the boss raw a little bit if you don't fight anybody you don't get any souls yep so you don't get to level up right so that was one of my when I first got my uh, PlayStation Four about Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. And oh my god, it was so much fun because like Final Fantasy Seven, if you if you're not a moron mm-hmm. and you're fighting every battle that you encounter, even if you kind of know what you're doing, but you still like explore everywhere, the game is you're going to be o- not over leveled, but you're go- it's not a hard game. Yep, you get tons of XP. You get ton you get enough XP to definitely beat the game. Yep. Um, turning that off. But knowing exactly what to be doing and like being able to like use the mechanics correctly yeah. was actually a lot of fun. Um, so I'm 100% on board. I love the no encounters thing because I can just be like, I can go do what I want to do. Yep. If I want to grind, I can. I can just turn it back on and yeah, grind. Go grind a little bit. And there's a couple instances in Final Fantasy 1 where you're kind of, you're forced to have X amount of money. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then you're gonna you can't progress then you can't progress gotcha so like you one of the towns you go to there's a ferry that's been stolen and sold to a caravan 
and you have you to have go to buy the ferry buy it back for a certain amount of money yeah. gotcha so it's like well you're gonna grind until you have forty thousand gil yep so and each fight gives you maybe a thousand or two tops so yeah you got a lot of fighting to do you got a lot of fight now they're quick and they also introduced uh they put in it's like an auto battle thing oh nice. where you just hit square and it won't make any decisions for you but it will automatically input your last turns in inputs oh yep so like once you've you're, you can, you're just, you can grinding, just repeat. Yep, it's like I'm gonna attack, attack, heal, and heal. Yeah, with those items, and we'll be fine. We'll get through the fight just fine, yep. and and then so I can I'm just browsing Twitter, running in a circle while I'm kind of grinding yep. Gil to buy this fairy. <laughs> nice, because <laughs> I need money. So I, see, I really enjoyed when I was playing Bloodborne again and like kind of rushing through to the bosses and not leveling up in gameplay too, mm-hmm. and like. It was kind of fun. Like they were really hard again. Yeah. Because I wasn't super high level. I didn't grind up a bunch. I didn't worry about maxing stuff out. I just ran to the boss and fought him, and it was a really tough fight. It was kind of fun to make the game a little artificially harder by being a little underleveled. Yeah. So I get that. Yep. So, and then the other game that I want to talk about is Diablo Four, but we will save that for the Patreon section. There you go. Because it's kind of hot in the news, and <laughs> we're already probably what twenty minutes in. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that's, so my weekend sucked ass. Um, Hooray! I was supposed to come hang out with you and I got a new computer at a yard sale for recording so that I can basically the way it is now once this computer is set up I won't have to bring anything to record it can all just live here permanently plugged in permanently on ready to go but um, I want to come over on the weekend and get the computer set up get a bunch of software downloaded and do some test recording just to make sure it works because I don't want to take the chance of ruining a cancer cartel episode yeah they're late enough as it is no kidding I already I already do a good job ruining them I don't need more help I was like, "Hey, I'll come over on Sunday." I don't. I work uh, Saturday. We kind of. I, I got home from work. We went. We went garage sailing, and I have Sunday, Monday off. So on Sunday, I woke up kind of late. I was like, "Well, I'll check in with Matt, head over, record," and I go to use the restroom, and I flush the toilet, and no water fills the tank. And I was like, "Cool, we have no water pressure. I guess I'll work on that." Good thing I'm a plumber. Yeah, no kidding. And so I start. I live in the country. I have a well. And I start digging around, and there's no well pressure, um, but you can hear the pump kicking on. And so I check the pressure switch, which none of this means anything to anybody, but it's where a bunch of wires hook in. And I'm like, well, that looks kind of burned and fucked up. So I go kill the power to the well. I undo all of it, clean it really good, put it all back together, turn the power back on. You can hear the pump engage. So the pump's working. Which is good news. Which That's is really, really good news. good news. Yeah, pumps are, a new well pump is anywhere from four to $700 pulling it's a huge pain in the ass yeah, i was gonna say that's just for the pump yeah and that's then just you gotta for the get pump. somebody that's... who can put a fucking yeah like a pump Re- in the ground luckily i believe i can do it i believe the only thing involved with putting a well pump in the ground is having the strength to pick the old one up gotcha cut the wires pick it up it's not very deep i don't know <laughs> i have no idea how deep it is but <laughs> gotcha. that's the heavy part is yeah how heavy is it putting attaching the new one and then putting it back down and then rewiring it which the wiring doesn't look too complicated most of that stuff is you know Hot, neutral, and hot, neutral ground. Gotcha. But anyway, it's not that, thankfully. After doing some diagnosing and calling a friend, because I don't know as much about wells, my pressure tank didn't have any air in the bladder. Your pressure tank is what keeps pressure in the house, so the pump isn't just always on, and there was no pressure in it. So I fill it up and watch it, and you can watch it, like, after a few minutes, you can watch it going down. You know, 40 PSI, 38 PSI, 36 PSI. Okay, well, that's that bladder's got a leak in it. And so Sarah and I were like, well... This patch, I can just keep pumping air in it. It'll get us going. We can fix it today or we can fix it tomorrow. Because I kind of wanted to go record today. You know, the store, the local Yogel store is open. They do have these. And I do like going there. And I was like, well, fuck it. We'll just do it today. And, you know, it actually went super smooth. We It did take three trips to the store, laughably. But 
went in, bought a new tank, uh, actually improved it in my opinion. So the way it works now is there's a union between the tank and the tank T, which is where the, the water comes in from the well. It, there's an out if you want to drain it with a like a garden hose, and then there's to the rest of the house. There were, before there wasn't a union, mm-hmm. it was a cheap shitty tank that you, you can't even uh, it like when I replaced it the pipe coming out of the bottom is like affixed to it permanently and so it was just threaded into the tank t and like if you build it in order it's fine because you can just thread the tank t on and then thread everything into it mm-hmm. but it involved if i were to try and take the tank t off of the tank i'd have to cut all the lines and so instead i cut that bitch threaded it out of the tank t put in two nipples which a nipple is just a piece of pipe that's like male to male and put a union on so now there's a great big union that you can unthread and just pop them off. So if in the future nice. I need a new tank or I need a new tank tee, they just come right apart super easy. You know, it all worked out super well, got the right size, put all together. When we were putting it back in, it still wasn't kind of acting right. And so I was like, well, this pressure switch is kind of fucked. And Sarah flipped over the cover for it and it was all burned in black. And I was like, well, pressure switches are about 50 bucks. Let's just replace that too. <laughs> And so we take it out. Luckily, I got really lucky. Holy shit, I got lucky. So they have a little tiny quarter-inch nipple on them, too, that, that, that holds them in. And the tank T has all these fittings. That mm-hmm. It's all standard. Well, I threaded it out. And I was like, oh, cool, it came out super easy. Let's head in the store and we'll just buy one of these. And on the way there, Sarah was like, isn't the end of that broken? And you look at the end of the nipple that came out of the tank T, and yeah, it's broken. There's about half of it there. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> If this tank, if that's stuck that's in the, the tank, broken tea, bolt. if that's the broken bolt, it's gonna the, the whole, now we need a new tank. T now I have to undo all the plumbing, yep, redo it. <laughs> well, luckily it was so old and decrepit that I put a screwdriver in there and pri- and, and it just they just disintegrated the th- the last bits of threaded galvanized just disintegrated mm-hmm. into the tank, which is fine. I have a sediment filter; it'll catch it. Put a new one in, good to go. Uh, the whole process only took like you know two or three or four hours, probably between a couple trips to the store. Draining the old tank, putting the new one in, filling it, testing it, checking the air bladder, all this stuff, you know, and probably cost about 500 bucks because I know how to do it, thankfully. But that's how my Sunday went from I'm going to go hang out with my buddy and play with a new toy to I'm going to go spend $500 I don't really have and spend three hours plumbing in my house to hopefully make sure I have water working. Yep. So while doing this, I learned that my I'm pretty sure my water softener is shot because it's probably honestly what did it, what broke it was now the water softener just runs. Mm-hmm. When you leave it on, there's a there's a discharge tube where it's supposed to clean itself and run water yep. through. It just, not full bore. But it's constantly It going. just trickles forever. And so what probably happened is it's, who knows how long it's been trickling running. It's been working that bladder in that tank up and down, up and down, up and down, working it finally. Yeah, 24-7. Yeah, it finally. So when I when I I had I had aired it up so I can use it, we we cut, drained the tank and cut it and set it over, and you could hear it, pss, the air hissing out of it. And initially, I was like, oh, thank goodness, because that means it's for sure that. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse than going and spending 400 bucks on repairs that eh, it wasn't even the problem. So I got that all done. So then Monday... And the re- one of the reasons we did on Sunday is we, we'd been talking about doing a spring cleaning for literally over a year. And I mean, getting the trailer, filling it with garbage and taking it to the dump. We had two whole, like two quarters of our garage that had been, we'd organized it once or twice and packed it full of trash that won't fit in our trash can. They need to go to the dump. And so we said, fuck it. Monday, we're doing it. We got up, we put our shoes on, we started cleaning the garage, loading the trailer. Uh, we took it to the local yokel, which they don't take it. They She didn't have any room, more room for metal, so we had to drive it. Which actually worked out great because the local yokel was ten cents a ten cents a pound, I mm-hmm. think, which is kind of expensive, but yeah. whatever. I need it done, which 
long story short, we ended up dumping like 750 pounds of trash, which I was like, oh, our garage is so clean. It's so awesome. It's so nice having all that space back. But it was $22. That's the minimum at the at our local or at the gotcha. big one. Yeah. Did, I, did, I the did I say our town name? I don't know. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to listen to it and see if I talk start down. Um, anyway, the big one. Their minimum's twenty two fifty, and we came in at the minimum, and so it was twenty two bucks. And it was that was our Monday though. It was a couple hours of loading the trailer up, strapping it down, and driving it to town and dumping it. So that was my my weekend. My weekend only really sucked because I'd spent a bunch of money on Saturday doing a bunch of plumbing work I didn't want to do. But we do have a nice new pressure tank now. Yeah, is so your water sweet. pressure better or the same? It's the same. Gotcha. It's uh, I think I actually downgraded us. I think the old switch was a forty sixty, and I ended up getting. Uh, I tried to, I got a 4060 from the local yokel and it didn't work right. I didn't like it, um, which I actually, I kind of feel bad. I took it back and returned it for a different one. And I think it's actually my pressure gauge is the problem. Sorry guys, but they only had 3050s. So now I have a 3050. So What's instead the, of what, what are the 3050? So 4060, what that means is when the tank gets below 40 PSI, it will turn the pump on to fill it back up. And then once it gets to 60 PSI, it will stop filling the tank. Gotcha. And so instead of having a 4060, which is a little more pressure, I have a 3050, which makes sense. Whatever, and if I want to upgrade in the future to like a just change that switch like a, engage. a fifty seventy or a a forty a forty sixty and turn it, you just it's fifty bucks, just buy a new one. But yeah, or just return that one. Yeah, maybe <laughs> keep <could>. the receipt. <laughs> but that was my weekend. Uh, luckily, I I, mean, I probably saved myself over a thousand dollars being well, able to do the work myself. Bare minimum. I mean, like if five hundred dollars in parts, and I, I think I think I quoted us doing a similar job for someone else, and it's right around. Like eighteen hundred, two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So like anywhere from a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred bucks, I got to save by knowing oh, how to do a little bit of plumbing work. So yep, got lucked out there. Even though I kind of lost a weekend, which is why I got you this job. <laughs> now well, I now know you, a plumber. You got a guy. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of having a guy or a girl or whatever, we got a bunch of them over on our Patreon. Uh, so if you guys want to ever support the podcast, first of all, listening is the best way you can do it. The second best way would be leaving a review or recommending someone else listen to us that helps grow us a ton. And obviously the top tier you can do to help us is actually with, uh, uh joining the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cancer cartel. And you can join the, uh, exalted ranks with Emperor who puts our, Reddit, uh, our podcast on Reddit every week. Thank you very much. Uh, Ramblin Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Winter, Rose, Becker, Derek T, His Forest, and our newest patron, who I confirmed it's okay to call Jasper. Thank you all for hopping in, joining the Patreon, and just showing your support in a very real way. We appreciate it very, very much, and every week we love getting to talk to you guys in the Discord. But Matt, now that our full-length intro for our short episode is done, how quickly is Legacy looking? Uh, I don't think this is going to take long. Um... The top eight, we've got a showcase challenge. The top eight is... A little inbred. A little bit. And there must have been a memo that went out because Five Color Zenith is three of the top eight. Yeah, and Sneak and Show's two. And Sneak and Show is two of them. Yeah. So something, something's going on. Something's um, going on. And these, the funny thing is, I mean, uh, I think it's, so it looks like sixth and seventh are like literally identical lists. But yeah, sixth and seventh are identical lists. And they are to, I mean, to the lands. Like I'm clicking between Got the tabs, you. and there is no change at all. Probably um, in the same Discord. Would I guess, not surprise me. I guess a good indication is they cost the exact same amount of money. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that'd be your first clue. Yeah, but I mean, we're even talking down to the basic lands. 
Yep. Like, there's pro- probably some discussion going on, yeah. probably some people in the same Discord or that working together on something. So this list has been dialed in. Yep. It looks like there's only a couple cards different in the winning list by Mick Winsauce. We hear that name quite a bit. Yeah, the biggest the biggest difference there was Mick Winsauce was piloting it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it goes a long way to be excellent at magic. Be phenomenal. <laughs> um so yeah, we've got it's a Yorion list. So we've got Yorion five color zenith. Um the we've talked about these quite a bit. The biggest things in here is there's just A, there's a lot of cards. So the creature suite is very diverse. Yeah, and it's very it's a ton of one ofs yep, it's because it's a green sun zenith. Set. Correct. It's a green sun zenith list. So like a lot of these you can, you know, kind of tune to your meta, yep. your expected meta, whatever, or your personal preference, and more than likely a mix of both. Um and then the spell suite is going to be the same almost in every one of these lists because basically this deck is we're going to play the four of the 10 best cards yeah. spells and legacy yep. the best cantrips the best removal the best uh, stack interaction yep so just going through the list here we got yorion we got i'm gonna we can go through this in depth because we got this is going to be three of the top eight yeah so we can talk about these um and like i said they're mostly mostly the same so we got a dryad arbor for green sun zenith targets and among other things but primarily so you can go turn oh, one green yeah. dryad arbor that's your best turn one yeah. just the best like because you want to go either i mean you've got so what um how many so we got four green suns and uh, two six turn one ramp spells yeah. right because you've got birds of paradise and noble hierarch as a, as a one-mana ramp spell, and Dryad Arbor as a one-mana ramp spell with Green Sun Zenith. And on top of that, while it's not technically ramp, you also have four Abundant Growths, which is also oh, going to be a very consistent turn one play if you, yep. if that's what you're going for. So ramp or fixing. Ramp or fixing, yep. So we've got those. <clears throat> so we've got ten turn solid turn one plays just as far as getting your mana either accelerated or fixed. Yep. Uh, we've got um, Collector Oaf as a hate piece. For Ice Fang Quaddles for various reasons, but oh, yeah. primarily because it's a two mana removal spell that goes you up on a yep. uh, makes you go up on a card. If you can meet the requirements, it's just better Baleful Strix. Yep, by a lot. And this deck, it's not terribly hard to meet the requirements. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we got a uh, Scavenging Ooze Hate Piece again, just a one of a couple Endurances, which everybody by now should know why Endurance is in the deck. Yep. Uh, Leovold again, Hate Piece. And kind of pseudo stacksy, but like I mean, just each opponent can't draw more than one card yep. a turn is just brutal. And, and don't a, forget, targeting my stuff means I get to draw a card. Yeah, too. that's like, the other thing. Is everything like, you cast, any type of removal spell you cast is card disadvantage. Yeah, um, we've got the new Nissa, which we talked about last week. Yeah, very good card. Yep, I'm curious to see how um, Nissa kind of like the spot she, the role she kind of falls into in Legacy. Um, very cool card, uh, Ramanap. Excavator, you're not going to want this in every game. Like, it's not going to be, like, number one, but it's also got a ton of utility with Wasteland and your fetches and stuff like that. Um, It looks like these lists have kind of, like, this isn't the four-color control list, but a a lot of the four-color control lists used to run a loam as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's we're going to be filling the same kind of role, only this is a loam you can Green Sun Zenith out. Yep. And And can kill your opponent. And technically can kill your opponent. Uh, then we've got two Uros, or three Uros, sorry. Um, duh. Yep. <laughs> and then one Omnath, because duh. Yeah. Anybody who needs an explanation of why Omnath is in the deck has <laughs> not been paying attention. Nope. Uh, then we've got Grist, because uh, one, good card. Two is tutorable with Green Sun. Yeah. So we've got basically four mana removal uh, that's tutorable. Then Men's a crazy powerful, yeah. A crazy powerful Planeswalker when you can just tutor it out for four. Oh, absolutely. Um, and even, like... 
it's not quite ideal, but like four mana for three loyalty isn't even a horrible it's rate. Not. Um, for example, Minskin Boo, four mana, three loyalty. <laughs> yep. So like it comes down for four, and if like for example you're worried about bolting, you can immediately plus one it, and now it's boltproof. Well, not well bolt resistant. Not Minskin Boo. No, no, I mean uh, Grist. Yeah, comes in with three plus yep. one it. Grist can survive a can survive an instant speed bolt. Minskin Boo, which we've talked about, because Minskin Boo has an ETB yeah, trigger. They can, actually can't survive yeah. a ETB bolt. Yeah, you got to watch it with Minskin Boo. Yes, you do. Uh, then, like I said, we've got the spell suite. So, Brainstorm, Green Sun, Ponder, Prismatic Ending, Swords. I mean, it's literally cantrips. Yep. The tutor package, which is just one card, four of. Yep. And then the best removal, and then the best counters. Yep. Like, just the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, seven, top seven cards. Like, they're just all really good. I mean, Green Sun's not probably, I mean, it's probably in the top ten. Yeah, but it's not like it's definitely one of the most powerful cards out there. Yeah, but it's like it's clearly like Green Sun's not where I would say like clearly it's not Brainstorm and Ponder. I would probably say both forces are probably better than it and probably Swords to Plowshares. So it's probably like I would probably put Green Sun above Prismatic Ending Mm, in that list. Below Swords above above Prismatic. Yeah, I could see that. Because it's a very, very, it's a, it's one of the, it does allow you to do stupid bonkers things. Yeah, but it is also very narrow because, I mean, it's, you only can green. only get green creatures. Yep. And it's it only as good as the creatures you can get. It does slam them right into play, though. It does. Oh, boy. It's, <laughs> oh, boy, that card's good. Yep. Uh, 29 lands, nothing really exceptional here. We've got one Caracas, uh, uh, three Wasteland, and then something that was surprising colors. to me and this does have a very stretched mana base one being five colors in general two trying to turn ice fang quattles on no urza saga yeah I, and that was very surprising to me with a ramanab excavator because that is like the best long-term game you can have is an urza saga just looping that looping urza like this uh, there is no chance in the world you win unless you're just comboing me out mm-hmm if, if we can get to an end game where I get to have Ramanap and Urza Saga. Yeah, I imagine it's probably Wasteland or Urza Saga. Yeah, you're probably right. like this, and at that point, you just, you're picking. The other thing to keep in mind is when you pick Urza Saga, you also kind of want to put some other shit in there, too. And now you're kind of, like, Green Sun's kind of replacing the Saga package. Yeah, that's very true. Because you're kind of getting some utility from the Green Sun Zenith versus the Saga. So, yep. you're, I mean, to be fair, you're kind of doing exactly what you're talking about, where you're like, I want to have this tutor package, only you're doing it with, this deck's doing with Green Sun rather than Urza Saga. Versus Urza Saga, so it's yeah. the same. it's the same principle. Yeah, because you are about. really kind of bought into running two or three more bad cards. Yeah. Objectively bad cards yep. to make Urza Saga worth getting. Yeah, because by itself, the token's probably aren't better than wasteland but when you throw in like shadow spear or expedition map or mishra's bobble like the stuff you can grab yeah all of a sudden that package becomes a little neater but now you're now you're getting into the yep. territory where it's like i'm already running 80 cards so i don't really want to have any more yeah. than 80 and you are a big mana deck yeah and like lose like being forced to play an urge saga on turn two or three one slow you down quite a bit heavily stunts your growth on the board because you're obviously very much an on the board kind of deck and making that decision like do you get your utility out of it or do you use that to cast your spells and two you lose that land like that does you're you're a ramp deck we talked about you've got 10 great turn one plays what six of them ramp you and this is exactly this strip mines you yep unless you're gonna run something that gets mana afterwards and like now you're putting more bad cards in your deck yeah so sideboard uh, four carpet of flowers. We've talked that card to death. Um, it's 
it's still, I think you're right a little bit that we, when we talked about it the last time where it was like four of it's surprising a little bit because yeah, the that, card is at its best versus Delver. Yeah. That's a, that always feels like a Delver hate piece. I get that it's a legacy hate piece and you're right. Cause 60% of the format or whatever is going to be running brainstorm, but it's, yeah, it's, it really pulls its weight against Delver where they don't really have a good way to remove it. And it just negates a literal half of their plan. Yeah. Um, well, and it not only does it negate their plan, but it actively puts you in a position to take advantage of what their their plan A is to play efficiently mm-hmm. and their threats like Delver's threats. This is one of the reasons why I don't like Merktide. Merktide aside, Delver's threats are not typically speaking very powerful. They're just very efficient. Yeah. And when I'm able to just spend more mana than you, it yep. doesn't matter if my five five costs four or five mana and your three three cost one. I still have the 5-5 five, five yeah. and he's in play. And, it's way and with Carpet better. of Flowers, I effectively did just pay one for him. Yep. Because you um, gave me the other three or four. You gave me the other three or four. So I can just match you on mana efficiency and just get better cards, yep. which is exactly what this deck's going to do. Like, this deck doesn't give a fuck about a Delver of Secrets when you've got Omnath in play. Yep. <laughs> it also, it does the same thing that, like, Days and Wasteland does to you, where I've played against a lot of Delver opponents where they play very differently when you go turn one carpet. Yeah. They're fetching mountains. They're leaving fetch lands unused. Yep. Like they're trying to operate on one volcanic just island the whole time. Just to try to deny you that extra mana yes. and Which, slow your game plan down. Just like, you know, Ristic Study. If Ristic Study never draws you a card the whole game, it still did a lot of work. Yeah. At that point, it's just Thalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, you just got to play it's Sphere of Resistance, which is yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, same thing. So, not same thing. One's creature, one's non-creature spells, one's all of the them. The principle stands. But yeah, like, actually, I, you know, <laughs> I see tons, I've seen tons of games, I still watch some commander content online, where like, somebody will play a Ristic Study turn two or three, and they'll be bitching on turn six because they didn't draw many cards. And it's like, that's, I mean. That means every turn you're taxing at least realistically three mana turn like uh-huh. if somebody casts one spell per yep. turn and you slow them down by one yep. mana per turn yeah and what it usually means is you 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 have prevented four spells from being cast this game on curve where yeah. somebody was going to go you know yeah two mana two mana do a thing kill your dude or yep. two mana or you know i can play my creature or hold a counter spell what do i do it hundred percent and that's exactly what uh, Carpet of Flowers gets to do against Delver. And, other, I mean, as a person who plays Blue-Eyed Control, me too, where when you slam a Carpet of Flowers against my Blue-Eyed Control deck, I I play very differently because I can't just give you three mana a turn. I'll never win this game. Yep. And what all of that boils down to is Carpet of Flowers frequently is him to Turok for one. Yep. <laughs> Which, that's the... Fl- I that's have how to I counter look, it. That's how I look at that card. I go, oh, cool, it's a one green him. Yeah. And that's good enough. It's either a force check or a him to Turok, and both of <laughs> yep. those are phenomenal. Yep. <laughs> well, they don't have force because they would have forced this, yep. or they had force and they used it, or it resolves one way or the other. And now I have Carpet of Flowers against a blue opponent. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. So like that's one of the best things about it is it costing one leaves you. It's it's like the weirdest way to phrase a Punisher card, where like the punish like when we're whenever you talk about these, it's like oh you shouldn't let your opponent pick. Well. You're always letting your opponent pick stuff. They always have choices. Carpet of Flowers is great because it's a Punisher card that costs one. Yep. (laughs) And you're fine with all of the choices. Do you want to play a very muted game of Magic, resources-wise? Or do you want to let me play a very frivolous game of Magic, resources-wise? So, I love Carpet of Flowers. I've played it a ton as an Elves player. And, I mean, it makes War Elf look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And all of that being said, it doesn't die to bolt. Like most of these decks, I mean, um, 
Pris uh, prismatic ending put a damper on it a little bit because yeah. that deck was everywhere, especially 100%. when like Jeskai, when like Ragavan came out at the same time and it was Jeskai, it was everywhere. Yep. It was like, oh, fuck, now Cowpit of Flowers isn't nearly as good. Well, Prismatic Ending isn't as nearly as ubiquitous, ubiquitous as it used to be because nope. white isn't nearly as uh, prevalent. So a resolved Carpet of Flowers just sticks around a lot more. It than does. Now that, surely that was an errata, right? They they didn't like because they it because it says I'm, obviously it was like man, could you imagine if it was every main phase like it says oh, like it yeah. says on the card. Mm -hmm. I wasn't around for when it got printed. Was that an errata? Did it used to work that way, or did they always they fix it right away? Um, I don't remember to be perfectly honest. I was playing yeah. during Urza Saga, but I was not. Someone will. Uh, I was not playing at the level of Magic where I would have known yeah. the distinct like been able to draw the distinction. Somebody will tell us. We were playing like in middle school and high school. like Back when you were playing with your Gaia's Cradles. Unsleeved in elf decks, yes. With a rubber band around them. Uh, I never used a rubber band. We had, uh, so you'd buy tournament packs and they were, they were monetarily cheaper or, or the same as buying the same number of packs. So you'd still get um, the same number of cards, but you also got basic lands as well. And it oh. came in a cardboard box. Sweet. So that's what, and it was, was a 75 that. card thing. And that so was you your deck fit, box. Yep. That was your deck box. And, uh, a sideboard i mean we weren't really playing sideboards but there was physical room enough yeah. to have a sideboard in there so i room for sleeves too whenever i could save up enough money to buy a tournament pack i yeah. mean my, my buying cards for me so i was on the uh basically the poor people lunch plan so lunch cost a yep. dollar a day at in middle school and high school for me so every week i would get or it was a dollar because i got seven dollars so whatever that's what a dollar 40 a day sure for yeah. reduced price lunches i'd get seven dollars a week I would not eat lunch and I would save the money and buy cards. <laughs> That's so unhealthy. What I did. I mean, there's a reason I got a full-time job at 16. Like yep. I started, so I was actually, I was telling somebody at work this, when I bought my PlayStation 2, that paycheck that I bought it with had 97 hours. <laughs> I worked 57 hours one week and 40 the next. Oh my god! That 57 hours, this is while I was in high school. It was a 12-hour Friday, a 17-hour Saturday, and a 12-hour Sunday, and then one or two more, like, rush shifts. Jesus, criminy. While in high school. And then another 40 hours the next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's ridiculous. I, having been raised with very little money, basically, as soon as I got the opportunity to earn my own, I just, like, hit the ground running. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I will never, I'm never going to be rich, but I will never be poor again. And yeah. if I don't have enough money to do what I need to do, then I'll be, I'll see you at work. That's basically what that boils down to. Yeah. So, um, anywho, rest of the sideboard is pretty stock. We got a bunch of blasts. So we got Hydroblast, Pyroblast, Meltdowns, Surgicals, Endurance, Force Invigation. The only thing that would be really noteworthy here would be the Undermountain Adventurer, which, again, makes perfect sense in a deck like this. Like, if you can get that out and the yep. game, you plan on making the games, you're not necessarily going to make the game go long. Like, it's not a control deck in the traditional sense. Yeah. But your game plan is a mid-range to long yeah. game. And, and we know for a fact that initiative just completely butt-fucks a game balance-wise. Yep. So As, if one person has it and can take advantage of it, yep. the, that person's probably winning the game unless the other opponent's just playing a deck that just doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. That being said, the great thing about it, again, it's green. You only need to throw one in your 80-card deck, and now you've got five. Now you have a initiative deck. Yep. So that is first place and sixth and seventh. Sixth and seventh, yep. Moving on, we've got, looks like we might have returned. Let's see. I mean, this yes. looks it's like legitimately dedicated uh, hole breacher combo. Yep. So you nailed it right off the bat. We've got hole breachers, 
uh, it's listed as whole day Echo Stompy. Yeah. The worst deck name in existence. Yep, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so now I know that's not what whoever coined this was not the guy who made the deck. <laughs> this is just the people at MTG Goldfish. So we've got uh, four whole breachers and four Narset Parter Veils. So there's your uh, A to the A and B. Uh, we also have four Karn the Great Creator with a bit of a wish board. It's there's more twos and three ofs in here than we would typically expect, but most of it's a wish board, uh, which we'll go over at the end. Um, we've got the Days Undoing, so that's your uh, Time Twister. Yep. So you cast Time Twister with a Hole Breacher and uh, presumably put your opponent into an unwinnable position by having a fresh seven and seven uh, treasure tokens. Yeah. Or and just they, they have, have one card. They in have hand. one card in hand. Yeah. Hull Breacher, they're going to have no cards, and you get seven mana. Yeah. Uh, Narset. They you, have one card. They just get one card. Yep. And then we also have Echo of Aeons to do the effectively the same thing. Yep. Uh, so we've got eight A's and eight B's. Cast In- these two spells. Interesting to me. Literally the only way to discard Echo of Aeons is with Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah. Like that, you, you get three LEDs. Is there a fourth LED in the side? So... Uh. So yep. you have Karn. Okay. So you've got, you have seven ways to discard at main board easily. Yeah. Four Karn to go get LED and three LED in the main. Yep. That's not a lot. It's not, but you can also, you could think of it as like with, since the deck is based around doing this, you're also fine just casting days on doing. So you can almost think of like days of doing as being like capital B and the A and oh, B, yeah. and then like Echo Vayons is being the little B in that. Oh, I agree with that hundred percent. Like I think Echo is definitely your side, like your backup strategy and for sure. Then if you look a little further, this is also running Ancient Tombs and a bunch of mana f- fixing. So Echo Vayons, you can just cast for six. It's not nearly as good, but you can. But you can just cast for six, which yeah. realistically, given the the deck construction here, you're frequently going to be able to do that on turn three or four. Yeah. So. But yeah, you're right. It is it is unusual. Yeah, there's there's you there's no have... discard outlets other than a couple of and lines. One of thing we did miss: Urza Saga does also grab Lion's Eye Diamond. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, so uh, you've LED... got a few ways to grab it. Yeah, it can sack into an LED. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's a little more. But the again, Urza Saga is pretty slow at getting one. Even on turn one, it doesn't get one till turn three. So something that I love that this deck has four of is Seagate Restoration. Yep. What a mediocre card, realistically. But, you know, how convenient that it costs seven mana. If only I got to Hull Breacher mm-hmm. into a <laughs> seven <laughs> extra mana. Yep. <laughs> for, don't forget, Seagate Restoration is you draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand, and then there's no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Yep. So you get to Hull Breacher, Days Undoing, fuel up with a full seven, and then be like, oh, and then I'm back on my turn. I'm just going to draw seven more. Good luck, opponent. Mm-hmm. And I have no maximum hand size, so I'm and just... I just keep all of them. And here's the thing. You draw those seven more. What are the odds when you have eight of them, you draw another wheel? And if I remember correctly, let's see. No, that one's seven. No, both oh, of the oh, wheels dang. are... Yeah, you I don't was going to say, that would be nuts if you're like, I'm going to yeah. draw, discard 14, but draw 14 I again. Just, just vomit your hand out for what matters. And you do have a ton of... like. Zero uh, mana, like yeah, Lion's Eye Diamond, Chrome Mox, Lotus Petal, a ton of acceleration, Pithing Needle, vomit the hand out, and then just be ready to wheel again and just keep them stuck. Yep. Um. So that's the main deck. Uh. There's a couple, you know, like Mox Opal, Ether Spell Bomb stuff, like or just Saga targets, basically. But nothing like groundbreaking there. 
to me interesting. We've talked about this in a while. No force of wills. Yeah, I mean, it kind of there's no force is, in the main. Like this is this well, is very much the reanimator shove it down their throat mentality until you get to the sideboard. Yeah, and well, um, we're it's even more interesting than that. We've ditched the force of wills for force of negation in the side. Yep. Because it is technically something you could, in theory, pay for with your mana. Yep. It's just like force of negation is just a worse force of will outside of the mana cost. It's, like outside of the costs. It's So in my opinion, it's significantly worse. And I like, because keep in mind, you can't use it on your turn. Yep. You can't use it to protect your combo. So like force of negation isn't even there to help force the combo through. It's literally just there to protect you from dying. Well, you can't, you can't cast it for free on your turn yes yes sorry there, that There's is always, always kind of the assumption you're talking yeah. about casting it for free yeah. pitch casting it. It, it is three mana for a negate which is very castable for sure but there's you you still like this deck never can protect its combo on turn one except for defense grid that's it and it does have three of them or, sorry, not, not turn one but on i mean on its turn yeah yeah, and it does have yeah, it has three defense grid to make that happen. But there's you you never can go for it and be protected unless you have defense grid out. Yeah. There's no Teferi, there's no force of wills, there isn't even a fucking spell pierce. Nope, none of that stuff. So since we are into the sideboard, uh we've got the one engineered explosives. Most of these are gonna be wish targets. Yep. So one engineered explosives, one lion's eye diamond. Again, we've got three in the main, a couple Tormod scripts. So again, at that point, you could throw one in the main and one in the side, so you've got one the opportunity to draw it, and you've still got one in the side. Or if you really just want to have them in there, you can throw them both in the main. Yep. Uh, three defense grids, same principle. Uh, liquid metal coating is one of, and snaring bridge is co- uh, and snaring bridge has one of as well. So those are clearly just wish targets. Then the four force of negation, one sky sovereign sky sovereign's council flagship, which we talked about either last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, just another. Good beats with Urza Saga tokens, yep. among other things. It's also uh, tutorable removal, like we yeah. talked about. And then the Mycosynth Lattice, which just ends the game, assuming they don't have a lethal board state. Yeah, pretty much. The game is over. And it's, it's again, that's one of the things that, like, if you've assembled the combo of Hole Breacher, Days Undoing, and Karn, there's seven mana. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my Karn, go get it, and the game is over. You have no cards in hand or one card in hand, and the game's done. We're yep. done. So, like I said, literally, unless you can, because you can still attack. That's, That's basically you, what you can do. Yep. So you have to have lethal creatures already out. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> like, yeah. The game. The game's pretty the game's much over. Basically over. Like unless you have a merit lage, the well, game's over. The big over. thing is you're almost never going to do that. I mean, you could do it. But, like, that's not the play you make yeah, when you're behind. Isn't and you're the just, line you take. Right. So, like, you don't go, oh, well, I'm dead next turn to an attack. I'll get Mycosynth Lattice. Nope. I'll get in Snaring Bridge. Right. So, like, there's that's the other side of that coin. Yep. So, Almost every single time that resolves, the game's pretty much over. Yep, yep. Next, we have it's labeled as Mono Red Prison. Let's see what it actually is. So it looks like it's Mono Red Prison, but it's got some new cards. So let's see what we've got. So we've got four Goblin Rabble Master. That's pretty stock. And then we've got Layla, Lelia, the Blade yeah. Reforged. So it's actually I, a pretty awesome card. I think you may have mentioned this, but I haven't seen it. So we're want to talk about this one. Yep. So it's three mana, two and a red. For a 2-2 legendary creature, Spirit Warrior, Haste, and whenever she attacks, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card. I, I vaguely remember this card. Maybe we have seen this we before, see, we, but we, I don't... Well, we've seen a bunch in EDH. Actually, Mike played, I think, Layla a little bit. Gotcha. Um, we have seen this in EDH. A decent bit. It's a very good card. And it's recently... I mean, recently, is in like last like, been like three to eight months, has been seeing play in some of the Red Stompy decks on Moto. Mm-hmm. 
So um, whenever she attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Cool. Uh, whenever one or more cards of cards are put into exile from your library or and or your graveyard, she gets plus one plus one counter. Yeah. So she's kind of like a, a rabble master war boss ish, yeah. like same body, but instead of generating power from additional bodies, the tokens. She, she just gets, gets tall. tall. But she, also, she generates, also gets you cards. Generates incidental card advantage. And you don't have to leave the cards there. Like you 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 as long as it gets exiled, yeah, she it's gets exiled, the buff. She gets the countered and then you you the counter and then you still yep. get to decide whether or not you cast it. And I believe you may play that card. Hit your land drops as well. Yeah. So solid card. Um it's a like I can see this kind of split. So there's typically speaking eight of these Rabble Master Warboss type creatures, the yep. three drops. Um and they've split four Rabble Master, which I agree with. Rabble Master gets goes wide and tall. Yep. Um, it's a little risky because you have to. It forces. Uh, it forces you, you to attack, attack into bad boards. But, but I mean, like, if you're not attacking, you're not winning. Yeah. Well, in this deck, so like, in just a regular aggro deck, that can cause all kinds of problems, as you've experienced in Pioneer. Yes. This deck is specifically designed to be using this one Rabble Master to kill your opponent because it kills them quick enough. Yeah. That they don't have time to develop because they're under a Trinisphere or a uh, uh, chalice. chalice or a Blood Moon. Yep. So you slam one of those on turn one, you slam this guy on turn two, and then it's like, well, his goldfish is pretty quick and it's typically speaking quick enough. Yep. Um, so the fact that he kind of forces you attack doesn't matter nearly as much. Uh-huh. He just does more damage than the other ones. Um, and then you got the Legion War Boss, which makes a token and gets a plus one, plus one counter. So he gets... He gets bigger as well. He, mm -hmm. They both like the war boss generates like one power a turn or two power a turn because like it, you get a mentor mentor counter and a token. Yep. Um, the rabble master I, effectively does the same thing, but also can take advantage of like other rabble masters. So it's much better in mm -hmm. concert with your other cards. So like one rabble master by himself, if I'm reading this and doing the math correctly, is still going to add two power a turn yep in as far as like a cumulative thing as a minimum yeah yeah but the second one the rabble masters go fucking bonkers yeah and the war bosses don't quite do that they don't stack nearly as well no nope. yeah so and that's another thing that the layla doesn't stack nearly as well nope. either as well she it just kind of literally doesn't stack at all yeah just She's gets legendary yeah instead of getting two power a turn two additional power every turn you get a power and a card but you also do get a you get the one permanent buff, which yeah. is uh, quite a bit better than the mentor. Which the mentor is going to be a single buff on one of your tokens. Yeah. Layla goes very tall, which is really relevant in a lot of games where it doesn't matter that I have a couple one ones. It's more important to have a single five five than it is to have a couple one ones. Well, yeah, and with the the trick with the mentor is that like it kind of bounces around. You can't just keep putting you it on the same guy. It has to be the dude with the weakest. You basically power. are only ever going to get a bunch of two twos. And that's if your opponent isn't eating your 1-1s, one -ones, hypothetically. So, then we've got Simeon Spirit Guide for Acceleration, Caves of Chaos Adventure, which I think we all know at this point that yep. that card's good. <laughs> so, this is an initiative deck, right? <laughs> Mono-Red Initiative? The Mono-Red ones were the ones running it's, them in the first place. What's funny is it's actually really close to Mono-Red Initiative because it has four Ancient Tomb, four City of Traders, four Chrome Mocks, and an like it's actually really close to initiative. Yeah, well, I mean, that's basically what the initiative decks did is they copied Mono Red Prison and just threw in and just threw in uh, the several white, some of the, the white parts. ones too. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we've got Fury. <laughs> Duh. Yep. I mean, just the best removal you can get hold of. <laughs> yeah. Um, skull Shatter Skull Smashing. So it's the Flip Land. Yep. So we've now seen what 
two different flip plans yep. in the uh, top eight. Yeah, we've seen uh, Saraskull Smashing and Seagate Restoration, the yep. seven mana. Seagate, so the seven mana spell, and then Shatterskull's X Red Red, and then you actually get to divide that between two creatures. And I think if it's if X ends up ever being six, it just does that much twice. Yeah, which is really good. Um, so again, it's one of those things that almost never is going to matter. Yeah. But A, it pitches the Chrome Mox. It is a it is non-player for yeah. what it's worth too. And B, every now and then it does matter. And every now and then you get to do some really cool shit. And in a deck like this, the three life just doesn't matter all that much. Nope. Uh, then we've got the prison pieces, so Chalice of the Void, uh, Trinisphere, Unlicensed Hearst isn't quite a prison piece, but it's also kind of is in the right meta. Like attacking graveyards is... You, you have to have graveyard hate, cut yeah. and dry. And it's... It is a threat. It does. It actually does allow you to turn a couple little shitty one ones or a goblin rabble master into a real threat. Yep. Well, and here's the funny thing. It also makes Lelia better. Oh, you I can know. Exile shit. I was waiting. For, one, I was waiting to ask counters. it. Do you see all the synergy with Lelia? Yeah. Because so. it's unlicensed hearse, fury, simian spirit guide, and chrome Mox all synergize with Lelia. Uh. I think Laylee is just library and graveyard, right? I don't think it's hand. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me reread it. Never mind. There's no synergy with Laylee. Did you read the and or as hand? Yeah. Gotcha. That's fair. I completely missed your... Uh, I know all about occasionally overlooking words and paragraphs, Jake. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> just say that. <laughs> there's no there's no hand there. So there's yep. no synergy with Chrome Mox or... That would or be cool Fury shit, though. Or, yeah. I'll exile my... This to my Chrome Mox, get a plus one, plus, plus one, one counter plus on one this counter, and yeah. swing for lethal. That'd be a fun or, play. Or, you know, just uh, at instant speed, exile Simeon Spirit Guide to pump the... Oh, man, that'd, that'd be, be so awesome. good. It's sitting at a 3-3, three, three, and you're just yep. like, nope, I'm going to counter your lightning bolt yep. with my Simeon Spirit oh, Guide. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Never mind. No oh, synergy man. there. That's what wishful thinking will get you. Uh-huh. So then we've got uh, Accelerant, like I said, Chrome Mox, uh, Blood Moon, another prison piece, Fable the Mirror Breaker for just, like, the best... So one of the best things you can do for three mana yep, and just, red. I mean, just like this, this, these decks just stack it with the best turn one three drops we can. Yep. And like, and Blood Moon, Fable, uh, Trinisphere, Goblin Rabble Master, like those all qualify. Like Goblin, I, the Goblins are probably the worst. Oh, yeah. But like, they, I, it's still a phenomenal turn. There's a lot of decks they're going to have a hard time dealing with a turn one Legion War Boss or Rabble Master if they don't have removal right away. Like, there's That's a, re- a serious clock. The board is already built by turn two or three. Mm hmm. So, uh, lands, pretty basic stuff, but just to highlight it in case, because uh, we haven't really talked about Mono Red specifically for a while, uh, Ancient Tomb and City of Traders, so you've got your eight soul lands. Why would we? Initiative just better. Right. I mean, <laughs> or at least it was. It was. Um, I think it's, there's a case to be made for both, because this is like not quite, it's still running initiative, it's just not all in, yeah. but you get to run better cards as your, you know, your other, like, yep. you 56 fill the deck. cards get to you be good. fill the deck with something, and yep. there's just... There's no three-man initiative cards anymore. Yeah. Um, then we got Den of the Bugbear, Mountain, and uh, Crucible of Defiance. Sideboard. Two Null Rods, so another prison piece that just, again, certain decks will just either win the game on its own yep. or just create a nightmare board state for yep. somebody. I uh, think, you know... Uh, there's there's the obvious ones, so you've got like eight cast and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, the game is just over. Well, but you also have things like but, um like storm. Yeah, storm, I was gonna storm say, basically cannot win anything that's reliant on like lion's eye diamond yep, to kind of do mana. its thing. Yeah, um, stone rain. Uh, oh, it's, oh, it's just to say it's one of those. Yeah, it's it's that silver bullet. It does absolutely nothing against most of the decks, except the ones where it wins the game. Yep, but it doesn't do anything. No, it does nothing. I love that. That's one of my favorite flavor texts. Um, that's kind of like the. 
technically correct. The best kind yep. of correct. <laughs> uh, then we've got the Stone Brain, which is a fun card. I, is this the first time we've seen it in Legacy? No, I don't think so. I think we've seen it a couple times. I know we've seen a shit ton in Modern yeah, and a shit ton in Pioneer. I'm pretty sure we've seen the Stone Brain a few times, although not a significant amount for yeah. sure. It's not super common. And I'm actually kind of surprised it doesn't see more play because like the as we talked about, the trick there is using Karn to keep stone braining them because it exiles itself and then you can get it again with Karn. I fucking hate Karn so much. They need to ban that card or Pioneer. <laughs> God, I hate that fucking card. Yep. A lot of people do. That's like, not an uncommon a, What an egregious design mistake is Karn. The form Karn the Great Creator. Yeah. It's it's bad in the ways that it's bad. It's bad for the same reasons as like uh birthing pod, where it's just like now we have to just every single yeah. artifact that's printed, and same thing with Urza Saga, like only such, it's legal and such degenerate play patterns of any time a value a, a good powerful artifact gets printed. Oh cool, it's a wish target now. Yep. Now I get to have four of them in my deck at all times without diluting my deck. Yeah. And Karn itself is just a decent. It's, it's, it's just good decent. enough to be worth having the wishboard. It's so much did not fucking need Null Rod on it. I know. It's those. Like it comes with a Null Rod. Yep. An asymmetrical Null Rod. Yeah, an asymmetrical <laughs> Null Rod. It doesn't do anything. No, yours does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we've got Magus of the Moon. So even more Blood Moons. Seven Blood Moons. Yep. Then we've got Dead and Gone for various stuff but um if i remember correctly yes a target creature you don't control uh one of the my favorite things to do with dead and gone is a merit lage token it's a way for red to deal with it because you can bounce the token yep um then obviously there's just dead which is just a solid like shock but uh and i'm sure there's other things that i'm missing as well but yeah, like, that's the, the thing that the, like, the ability just to bounce troublesome creatures is in mono reds really relevant because there's not much else to there's no other way to do it really yeah that's it especially with a merit lage i i'm sure there is but I can't think of anything off the top of my head I mean, that deals with an active Merit Lage yeah. in or, Mono Red. I don't know if you'd run it, but like, I mean, like, uh, not DRC, uh, Merktide. Like, like an 8-8 Merktide stands in front of this deck pretty freaking hard. Yeah. Unless it gets bounced. Yep. So then we got Fiery Confluence for various, uh, it's just a good sweeper. But, Banana Gannery. Yep. Leyline of the Void. Again, going heavy on the artifact or the uh, graveyard hate. So ley lines four in the side and two in the uh, two unlicensed hearse in the main. And we've got pyrokinesis because four furies isn't enough. Sometimes and it's on an instant. Yeah, which is really relevant. So yeah, that's mono red prison. Next up, we've got <laughs> two sneak and show lists. Uh huh. So we'll look at them at the same time. Let's see if they're identical like the last ones were. Well, they they are not. They do cost different amounts of money. So we will start with the, the fourth place fuck list. is this vesuvian drifter yep so three mana doing blue for two four flying shapeshifter you can look at the top card of your library at any time uh, at the beginning of each combat you may reveal the top card of your library if you reveal a creature it becomes a fuck everyone who laughed at me there was a there was a commander card i think it was last year you remember i was talking about it it was some vaguely. it was a dumb thing where it's like when you cast this, it was like an instant. I think you reveal the top card of your library, and if it's a creature, you get to make a one-one copy of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, so this is just fucking phenomenal and show and tell, right? Like you just stack your deck, and it just gives you a free Emrakul or a free Grizzlebrand." And the internet felt the need to shit down my throat of being like, "Oh, it takes setup. Oh, that card's ridiculous. It's so bad." 
and it, it was I think it was three mana. It was meant to be like show and tells, like seven, eight, or uh, yeah, uh, five, six, seven. I remember you talking about it. I don't remember exactly what the card did. And but... I don't either because no one ever fucking played it. Yeah, but like it was just more show and tells. That yes required work, but it was just more show and tells. You're already running Ponder, Brainstorm, Preordain, and they got fucking Vesuvi or Vesuvian Drifter, which is the same darn thing. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <sighs> now, to be fair, the next list has four. <laughs> so I was right that that's a good card. Maybe at maybe, but in but principle, the, as the a previous, creature yeah. that does it every turn is significantly better than I believe that was an instant or sorcerer that did it once. Yeah. So that's obviously a, a huge upgrade. Yeah. But it's obviously a very powerful using effect. that kind of effect is clearly playable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm curious to see to go through the rest of the list. Here oh my god, it's each combat too. Yeah, it's every yeah. So every turn you get to look. Hey, no. Or and cool, you can just if you're using these cantrips, just keep that card. Just you can keep moving it. Keep moving it, like because it doesn't. It becomes a, a straight copy, right? So like it becomes like a seven seven grizzle brand. Yep. And so like, I mean, what I'm saying is like, oh my turn, I can, I can have a seven seven grizzle brand. Whatever. I also have it on your turn to block because you go to combat. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, I, oh yeah. It's not each. It's not each no, of it's your not yours. Combat. It's yeah. The, yep. Hey, look, grizzle brand's still there. <laughs> go ahead, attack, attack, Mark Tide. <laughs> That's cool. That's a. That's is that to me is a interesting design of a card. Like shockingly powerful for how, and uh, this was uh, and this was the sta- this is in standard. This is in uh, aftermath. Like, but it does take some setup. So without the cantrips, you're not like if it's just in standard, you're going to be picking a random card off the mm-hmm. top. With a bunch of cantrips, you can like said control what's there easily control it. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's shocking to me though that they are so scared and they're so timid with. Only triggers once a turn, for example, on shit. Like, only triggers on your end step, or only triggers once a turn. And this is just each combat. Yep. What, there's such a huge power jump between, you know, put a, if a creature dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on this. This triggers once a turn. Whereas this thing is like, no, each combat, you just get a grizzle brand. It's fine. <laughs> uh-huh. So next we've got Atraxa. So the rest is just the the meat yeah, the, of the, the meat and potatoes. The rest of a show and tell deck. Yep. So we've got Atraxa, Archon, Grizzlebrand, and Emrakul, two of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got the basically the blue shit. So we've got Brainstorm, Flusterstorm, Ponder, Preordain, Days, Show and Tell, and Force of Will. All of that should be self-explanatory. Four Lotus Petals. Duh, we're trying to do this quickly. And then Sneak Attack. I guess this isn't Show and Tell. This is, this is Sneak and Show. Yeah, Sneak and Show. Not Omni Show. You can tell because there's no omni- uh, omniscience. Yeah. Um, sideboard lands are pretty irrelevant. There's three ancient tombs and then it's blue and red. Um, the goal is to go ancient tomb, Lotus petal. Yeah. Show and tell. Yep. Just difficult to be. Or so would you go, would you keep a hand that went ancient tomb, Lotus petal, Vesuvian drifter, and then you had a, uh, brainstorm for next turn. No payoff, no payoff in hand. What game of the round is it? Game one, game one, open hand. I don't think so. You can on seven, on seven cards, you can turn one of a Suvin Drifter, and then next turn you've got a Brainstorm, but no payoff in hand. So you got to find one in the next four cards. I don't think I would. Don't think so? No, I think this deck is, in game one, it wants to, it's kind of like Reanimator, where like you don't take the safe play, you just mold the, the six and just get the... The ceiling's just too high. Yeah. Okay. Now, depending on what games, game, what you're playing against in game two, that very easily could change. Okay, so so then you have Vesuvian Drifter and you have Emrakul and Brainstorm. So now you do have a payoff. You keep it? Oh, sure. 
Like if you for sure, if, if you can't, if you can't on turn two, yeah, for sure, make it into an Emrakul, you're going for it. Yeah, I would. Okay, that that to me is like I would take a turn one Emrakul or a turn two Emrakul on game one, even though your Vesuvian Drifter is can be killed on turn one and turn two in response to the trigger. Yeah, I mean, okay. There's you, you still think that that's that's a powerful enough effect that yeah. you're, we're going to go for it on turn I, game I one. I have no issue going. Hey, it's turn two. Do you have an answer or I win? Yeah. Because I mean that's that's effectively oh, what yeah. you're you're doing anyways. It's just you know it does open up some avenues for defeat. So like in theory, like if you're just going with show and tell, and then you're getting like an Emrakul or whatnot, they have to have force of will. Yep. This does give them the opportunity to have either force of will or swords to plowshares yep. or both, or draw the force of will for the brainstorm. Right. Like there's a lot more chinks in the armor. Oh, so way to speak. more. Yeah. But I still think it's like it's like swinging a a different size baseball bat at their head. Yeah. It's, like, it's, well, it's, it's a, it's a golf club. instead of a baseball yeah, bat. Like, like it's still like, I'm deal with this or you're going to lose. Yeah. I got and you. if they do, then like, you're still not that far behind. Cause that's what you wanted to do anyways. It's yep. functionally the same as just like having your show and tell countered. Like they answered it. Cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's true. So that's my thinking. And I like, it's kind of, I mean, you've played against me multiple times. How many times do I go, Oh cool. It's turn uh, three and I can cast natural order. I yeah. don't really care what you have in your hand. Do you have force of will? Yep. Either, <laughs> like, yep. Matt make plays, him have it. Matt plays, make him have it magic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will not lose a game of magic anymore. That's like, Oh man, I died with natural order in my hand, but I was yep. too scared to cast it. That was, well, I was playing against uh, on pioneer on Monday. Here's our first tangent. Finally. Yep. But like, I was going to say, we've been keeping it on track. Pretty I well. thought seized him turn one and I saw spell pierce mm -hmm. and, uh, he went, um, he actually played a land pass play and he played his land war elf with spell pierce up mm -hmm. and I threw stomp right into a spell pierce. Because fuck you, I'm not, you will not hide behind Spell Pierce this nope. entire game. Absolutely not. <laughs> Stomp. Spell Pierce. Cool. My turn. Kill it now. I, yep. I will 100. We won for one. Yes. I will 100% discard. And that's 100% Matt. We're like, I am not going to spend the next four turns trying to get the mana up to play around Spell Pierce and kill the, no, just Spell Pierce a dude. I don't well, care. Well, by then you're fucking, his land of werewolves has already done yep. his job. Like it's already, like if you're waiting until turn three, so you can turn three or four, is Spell Pierce two or three? I can't remember one or uh, pay two, pay two. So like you got to cat, you got to wait till turn your turn three to kill his land or else that thing's already done its fucking job. Yeah, like it's already like it's already been a basically yeah, nope. a dark. Ritual. He was gonna have it for two turns at that point, yeah. and like no, we're not doing that. Just spell pierce the butt. I don't care. Yeah, that means he's already casting a four drop on so, turn three. Fuck that. Make him have it magic, hundred yep. percent. And just get. I mean, basically, you turned your stomp into thoughtseize again. Yeah. Okay. Yep, just discard your just discard your spell pierce. Cool. And let's play the game now. Yep. So anywho, sideboard, uh, graph diggers cage because people shouldn't be allowed to just eat uh, stuff into play. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's not fair when you do it. Yep, I'm the only one that gets to cheat stuff. They're into coming play. from my hand. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> uh, Red elemental blast. Get that filthy graveyard shit out of here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. <laughs> anywho, um, defense grid, uh, brothers end, whole breacher. Uh, Magus of the Moon, like a lot of this stuff, it's all pretty standard stuff. Like the Magus of the Moon to me just screams like show and tell six and seven mm -hmm. or five and six, where it's just like it's doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm the gonna... game is effectively over on turn one. Yeah, I mean, there's other reasons to have it too because it is a decent answer to some oh, like, yeah. other decks, but like. Could you imagine game three against Five Color Zenith and being like, hey, turn one, you have Force of Will? Oh, that's right. No. Cool. Blood Moon. Game's <laughs> over. Yep. Uh, so that's that. Now let's take a peek at the next one. We don't have to go deep into it, but so we've got four of the drifters. 
the yep. Vesuvian uh, Vesuvian drifters. Biggest thing I see here is there's no no Traxa. There's no Traxas. Yep. We, we we drop both the Atraxas up to three Grizzlebrand, three Emrakul, and two Archons, and then four Vesuvians. Yep. Um, Spell Suite's a little cleaner too, but not much. Yeah, they it's what Brainstorm Ponder Preordained three four four and three. Versus, I think the other one had didn't have a different kind of. Uh, yeah, it had, it had um, the fluster storms. In it, it had fluster storms. Yeah, it had some more interactions for the stack. Whereas yep. this deck just has more cantrips. Just fine. This this feels to me like a much cleaner, much more traditional show, sneak and show. More just focused on getting the job done. Just uh, yep. just find it and do it. Um, nothing in the lands. Still got the sneak attacks, the lotus battles. Even the sideboard looks pretty very similar. Very similar. Blood yeah. moons over. What's Magus. his face? Maguses. But yeah, very similar stuff. Yep. You got sweepers, protection with defense grid, anti-graveyard stuff with surgical. Still got the graph diggers gauge. Meltdown's pyre blast. So that's that. Now let's finish the top eight with a Jeskai list. Let's see what's in it. Blue-white control with some uh, sideboard cards. So yep. Actually, and, and there's a lot of red sideboard cards. Like, yeah, there is like... Red, you got red is like really... Like got a lot of sideboard cards yep. that are just solid. Yep. Yeah. Every day I was talking to Sarah about this. And I, I don't fear anyone that I'm not getting rid of, like I'm getting out of legacy. But every day I get closer to selling my paper legacy cards because I just play, I just play an MTGO. Like I just, I just don't need all these paper legacy cards. Like the paper modern cards, I love because like modern events fire around here, and mm-hmm. I can go play a modern 1K within like an hour easily. It's just, it takes like it takes, it's solid two hours to find a good legacy event. Maybe once a month. Maybe. Like, if you wanted to play a legacy event, like a decent legacy event this weekend, you'd have to expand your scope to probably three to five hour drive yeah. to guarantee that it happened. Yep. You whereas, might get lucky. Whereas, like, I can drive an hour in main directions and find one for modern super easily. Yeah. COVID, uh, COVID hit. I mean, it hit all magic, like, in-person yeah. play, but it kind of hit, if we want to think about it in terms of the virus... The sickest ones, the worst, where it basically killed oh, yeah. our local legacy scene. Midwest, well, the Midwest in general has not had a strong magic scene, in my opinion. There are some areas that do, and if you're listening, like, oh, you have a great legacy scene, I'm happy for you. We didn't have a great magic scene, period, and COVID really stamped down on it, except for maybe Commander. Commander's still yeah. pretty strong, but like for competitive magic, it hit us hard. Yep. And it was, go- it was going pretty well there before COVID. Yeah. Like, I was, I mean, for... We had regular... I was playing legacy like once a month. Yep. At a like local, a, like a local legacy. 20 minutes away. Yep. So anywho, uh blue white control. So we've got four in our set, two to f- two, three fairy, uh, two wandering emperor. Eight planeswalkers. That's Eight a shit. Planeswalkers. Ton. Yep. No no actual creatures. Yeah, this game is gonna end with shark typhoons or wandering emperor tokens. Yep. Uh, then we've got the blue-white spell suite, basically, that we discussed in the five-color list, yep. so with a couple additions. So we've added minor missteps. That's amazing. Uh, one day's undoing, because you might as well try to get them with Narset. Yep. Uh, Force of Negations, which I think we're actually in that list. Supreme Verdict, which makes a ton of sense to me. It's a control deck. Can't be countered. Destroy all creatures. Probably, in my yep. opinion, the best. Like, yes, I get there's some that are kind of conditional and cost three, and you get... Cannot be countered, destroy all creatures. Oh, yeah, it's is just the best one. I would to me every other one is fighting for second place. I would see. I would almost always pay the one extra mana for can't be countered. Yeah, uh, it's worth it, yep. especially in legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. The other ones are just basically unplayable. Yeah, like there's there's some like I mean we just talked about like red sweepers where it's like deal three damage. But yeah. what you're doing is you're specifically bringing those in against decks like elves and whatnot. Yeah, that's that not. You, they're not going to be countered. That's not what I'm talking about. When I want to, I want to like. I want to be able to sweep meat pie. Yeah. That five color zenith that has a fucking board full of 
you know, a, yeah, a Ramanap and an Omnath and an Uro, and it's the late in the game, and I'm already behind, and I need to top deck something that ensures I get back in this game, get all that shit off the board. Or hell, even just something like uh, you're playing against Tover and they have a Delver and a, a Merktide. Yeah. Like, get it, yeah, get it out. Or eight cast, and they've got a big old fat. Uh, yeah, it deals with Capacan in your pretty easily. really well. Yep. yep. Gone. Get it out of here. And and like I think isn't Saya one four? I think so. Yeah. Like that's huge. Like, that's very. That's, that's a very hard to deal with with like a pyroclasm effect. Yes. Um, we got Force of Will rounding out Spell Suite. Uh, enchantments. We've got Dress Down, which uh, we've talked about a ton. We love both love card. this card. Uh, just the floor is it cycles. Cool. I love, I love, I'm so happy that's only like a two dollar card too. It's yeah. a good card to be nice and cheap. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Shark Typhoon, which is not cheap, but a card that mechanically I love. Flavor wise, I hate. I yeah. think it's so stupid, but whatever. Uh, then we got lands. If you ever, if you ever wanted to print Jump the Shark onto a card, yeah, it would involve a Sharknado. Yeah. Uh, sideboard. These blue blast, blue blast, red yep. blast, red blast. <laughs> We've got like six blasts, so there's almost half your sideboard. That's hilarious. Meltdown, uh, Surgical, Containment Priest, Serenity, Kozilek's Return, Ruination. Like, you know, this stuff is all pretty standard stock list. I fucking love that it's so minimal and it's so minor, but it's real. So you have to split two Pyroblasts, two Red Blasts. Mm -hmm. You just have to. Everyone does it. You just have to. It's so minimal. It's so minor, but you fucking have to. The funny thing is, there's almost nothing played really in Legacy. Like, there's, who's gonna surgical it? Who's gonna surgical your red blast? Right. There's so there's there's the surgical type effects. Yep. Surgical being the primary one, but there's others that technically exist. There's cabal therapy, which doesn't really see any play anymore. No. Yeah. Technically, but no. And then there's, I mean, the, I'm sure there's going to be others. There's one more that I'm. There's things like Anointed Peacekeeper that you were uh, seeing. Meddling Mage was the thing I was Metal, thinking Yeah, of. Meddling Mage, Anointed Peacekeeper, Elite Spellbinder. Yeah. Well, no, not, not Elite Spellbinder. But these cards that come in and name a card. Yeah. And like you it can't get. two more. You can't get splash damage on it. But yeah. it's just. Those things are humorous to me because you just have to. Yep. There's just no reason not to. It's the optimal split. Yep. So that's our top eight. So we had what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five or six decks in the top eight. Yeah, not the most diverse. Nope. The top 32 still looks reasonably, well, diverse, so. I believe we only had four different decks in the top eight. We had Zenith, Whole Day. I count Zenith twice. I'm Prison, right. Sneak and Show, and, and oh, Jeskai. We had yeah. five. Yeah. We had five. So, uh, Blue Zenith, as far as the metagame summary goes, 12.5%. That's the highest we've seen for... Like we've seen higher list technic or higher numbers technically, yeah. but that's the highest one that was like a very dialed in. This list is this yeah, percentage. for sure. The and other category has three, been like three out of the four of them made it into the top eight. Yeah, because last week we saw like sixteen percent had the mono white initiative or not the mono white, but had white initiative creatures, mm-hmm. and so that's you know in that upper tier for sure. But there was also like there was lots of different. There was very different decks running it. Boros, mono white, some other stuff. Yeah. Um, then we've got lands, three of the top 32, mono red prison, three of the top 32, <laughs> lands. other, which is the smallest we've seen it yeah. in weeks, uh, basically since the ban. Yep. Um, then we've got Delver with three of the top 32. Uh, I'm curious. I know we, we don't want to, I don't want to go deep into it, but I'm curious if what's Delver look like, what's Delver look like. There's a Grixis tempo in 11th, which is kind of cool. So we've got Mercurial spell dancer. Wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that card is wrong. Yeah. Oh, I was picking up what you're putting down. 
there's and a list. Uh, there's I think a, it's a whole 14th. Looks yep. like just a pretty clean list. We've got the chain lightnings just through and pyroblast and, and spell pierce in the main. You ever think we'd be like, we haven't seen Delver in a little bit. What's it looking like now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I have the deck. I, I never once have I said that I hate Delver. Oh, yeah. No, I have. No, it. what I mean is but just the whole like, it's just, we, we haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Yeah. What's it been doing in the past month? <laughs> it hasn't been three of the top eight for the last yep, so four weeks. I I'm curious. I want to keep my you know finger on the pulse with yeah. arguably one of the best decks in uh, Legacy. Yep. Uh, then the rest of we got some two ofs, Doomsday, Reanimator, Stink and Show, Cascade. Looks like uh, here Emer again. Cascade. Like that seems multiple weeks in a row. That's a Legacy deck now. In yeah. my opinion, this is a fucking Legacy. It's deck. just it's a Legacy consistently deck. in the top thirty-two. Turn one eight power with Trample is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, then we got some painter and some, uh, prison. We got another, we got rug Delver. So let's see. Let's see. Goif one time. Yes. Goif or spell nope. dancer. Nope. No, you have to pick Goif or spell dancer. Mercurial. Spell oh, Go- dancer. oh, Goif is way okay. better than spell dancer. Go. Cool. Oh, go. In my opinion, Goif is miles ahead of spell dancer. Here we go. You heard it here first. The only Jake thing. endorses Tormagoyf. <laughs> Over spell dancer. Nope. The only thing. <laughs> no, nope, we're gonna go. Dot dot dot. Jake endorses. <laughs> the Tarmogoyf, only thing. Mercurial spell dancer legitimately does have over Tarmogoyf is it fits into the is it shell and does not force you into teamer. Yeah. Which is not the craziest thing in the world, but it is relevant. Um, two colors versus three colors is very real, especially when you're playing a daze deck. Yep. At that point, I personally would rather just have Sprite Dragon than the Spell Dancer. I agree. I just want to beat face. Yeah, I would. I would rather Sprite Dragon than either of them. I can. I can see. I agree with you. If there, if I didn't have to go into a third color, I, I'd probably want Goyf. Kind of depends on what's in the meta. Like if blue, if Delver's everywhere, kind of like well, I shouldn't say Delver. If Bolt is everywhere, I'd rather have Tarmogoyf. Because you don't really have to protect it that much. Yeah, he dodges bolt pretty easy. He dodges easy. bolt pretty easy. Once but in general, the I think the middle of the game, yeah. like Sprite Dragon is just a better threat. Um, I love Sprite Dragon. You'll never hear me say a bad word against that card. Yeah, that card's awesome. Uh, most played cards, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal, Leyline of the Void. Brainstorm's down to 44% of decks. Yeah, happy to see it. Force of Will still in 60. <laughs> yeah, Force of Will still. But I mean, to be fair, like Force of Will, so the argument is typically speaking, that you hear, as these cantrips support way more play styles than they restrict, effectively. Like, the existence yeah. of them allows for more play styles. Yeah. I would argue Force of Will does that way more than the cantrips. Yeah, because Force of Will gives you gameplay against Reanimator and Show and Tell. In all those, like, it allows you to do shit yep. that you just, like... It allows you to beat Storm in a world where you couldn't. Right. Whereas Brainstorm and Ponder, while yes, they do support multiple archetypes, you're still kind of playing the same game yeah. when you're like, you can run well, eight cast a reason. with Force of Will and just play eight cast. There's a reason decks like that in Vintage are called Xerox. Right. Because they're all just they're, just, they're copies of each other. They're just copies. Yes. They're copies of each other and they're running copies of the same card. And yeah. it's just so like, that's one of the things with me where like, I'd rather see Brainstorm and Ponder drop than Force of Will. Like if I had to pick those between the two. Um, and again, in the current meta, I have no complaints. Like the only, my only complaint is apparently elves sucks in this meta or like the top four elves players just all decided to quit yeah. magic. <laughs> they're, all, they're all taking a breather. <laughs> yeah. Cause we haven't seen elves and that's, it's, I mean, it's kind of sucks that like my deck isn't like a thing currently, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So shit happens. 
um, top creatures, uh, Simeon Spirit Guide, Merc. We haven't. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Simeon Spirit Guide. Then we got Merc Tide and DRC. We haven't seen that in the top creatures for we a have minute. Not. Uh, but I mean, Merc Tide's in nineteen, DRC's in sixteen uh, percent of decks, and they're not even top eighting. So yep. Uh, then we've got Fury and Caves of Chaos Adventure. So more yeah. Delver than Initiative. Yep. So a little bit, a little bit more on, a little bit more on Lakes. Are you ready to wrap up Legacy? Sure. Okay. Here's it's just a little. So um, first place, Elves against five color Zenith. Without looking at the list, you know what? Like, what do you think? When you, I'm not sure. Elves versus five color Zenith. Who wins? What do you think about the matchup? I don't know. I... Meat pie. I mean, it's all these, all these creatures. Um, I'll tell you. There two uh, no sweepers in the main or the side. Like mm-hmm. you've got Grist. Oh, gotcha. Okay, got. I'm. I was misunderstanding the oh, question. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I thought it was I'm, I, I went through the top eight. Your deck against this deck. What do you think? Elves versus five color. I wouldn't have any. Um, we've got like, four swords. I feel four confident prismatic. going into that game. Seven force of wills. Sure. Okay. Uh, whole day combo. That's going to be a race. No, no force of wills. No, no interaction. Literally zero interaction on either side, or on sorry on their on their end. I would slightly disagree there. Whole Breacher and Narset are pretty potent against elves. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, have, so, you have they can race out a thing to shut down your elves yeah, by like taking if, your glimpses. Even if they don't have part B of the combo, yeah, that doesn't no. matter. But, I'm thinking of like removal spells and board wipes yeah, and whatnot. But like, th- like I said, that's going to be a race. Um, game one, if they get like a whole breacher down, then you got to pivot into like a natural order beat plan, which yep. can be hard to do because now you're racing. You're using your worst combo to yeah. race their best combo. The so, good news is they do have a very hard time sealing the deal. Yeah, they do they give do. decks time. Yeah. So and okay. elves is one of those decks where it can go runner runner game over. Yep. So mono red prison. Uh, I'd tell you, I don't have any issue with that matchup at all personally. Sneak and show. Uh, that's the one out of all of these that I would want to play. They're just faster the, than you, aren't they? It's a combo deck that's a turn faster, so yep. that's kind of. Eh. And then just guy control. I I love playing against control. Yep. You've got the dress downs can kind of hit you. Um. You've got eight swords and six force of wills and a two supreme verdicts, which will that's if you're gonna go for it, you gotta win. Yep. But, but to me, I look at I look at Supreme Verdict um kind of in the same way as I do with Force of Will. Like the gameplay patterns are slightly different, but it's still the same kind of card where like you can't it's the thing that's gonna stop you from going for it. Yeah. So like if I'm playing in games two and obviously in games one, I'm not going to, you just, you kind of have to play around it a little bit. Yep. Games two and three, I'm leaning on like, that's where I don't just immediately fire off my thoughtsies, which a lot of people do yep. because they want to disrupt like their curve and whatnot. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to hold my thoughtsies till either the turn of or the turn before my combo to yep. maximize my chance of pulling the card that actually prevents me from gotcha. winning. So that's, that's when I kind of pivot to like, being a little bit smarter with my discard against that kind of stuff. Okay. I personally don't, uh, we've played that. Uh, I a lot. like, yeah. I, I like elves chances against control. Decks. Okay. I think the current iteration of elves, well, just because you stop me every single time. No, but mean? I mean, <laughs> playing in tournaments and whatnot, just it feel good. Yeah. To me, it's very, it's similar in the same way that Delver is similar where they're powerful decks. Uh-huh. But since you're trying to do something fair, I can frequently outfare you yep. and I have that ability to combo. Yeah. So if Whereas, you deal with my combo, which is you you have to deal with my combo or I win. Yep. Then we're you spend resources to deal with my combo, then I can also meet you on a fair playing field as well. Yep. And just draw and, too many cards and, and that chip for too much damage. Yep. And then what I do is I go, I'm a better player than most people. Yep. So I'll take that I'll take a fair matchup any day of the week. Reanimator. I fucking hate playing against me. <laughs> okay. uh, Again, it's a combo deck doing the same basic game plan, turn faster. Doomsday. 
Same thing. Okay. So in the top 10, you feel good. You, you've got basically got four pretty bad matchups, 40%. Obviously, this is a very yeah. It's a narrow window, but yep. but I mean, so sixty percent decks you think you have a decent matchup or a chance at for sure, yeah. And then a few bad combo decks that are a flip of the coin if you can get the right hate pieces from your sideboard, yeah. Okay, yep. I mean, so like that. What that tells me is like, I mean, elves isn't in a terrible spot. No, like I like if we're gonna do this roughly, I would go zenith. Uh, so obviously the zenith decks are all the same, but like those zenith decks and the control deck and the prison deck, I personally feel like I'm sixty forty. Loose percentages here, just yeah. to demonstrate a point. The whole day combo, the echo combo, coin flip. Yep. Then the reverse is true for like the sneak and show and the reanimator and the doomsday, where they're where I'm forty sixty, where okay. I'm like they have an advantage over me. Yeah. And I need stuff needs to go right for me and wrong for them in order for me to win. Yep. Where the opposite is true in the other decks. Okay. So, I personally would feel comfortable playing it, but I could also see as far as the metagame goes, where it's like elves, elves just hasn't changed a whole lot and i could see how people who aren't dedicated elves players are like i can play anything in this meta yeah. why would i play the same deck the i've same. been playing for the past five years yeah like the only real new card we got i mean i there's grist yes yeah there's elvish reclaimer which some lists don't even run like it's yep. not even a required cards <laughs> not part of the stock list i mean it is the stock list but you're not required to run the stock list yeah and then there's allosaur shepherd Allosaurus Shepherd was a huge pickup, but the fucking card came out, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, it's, it's... A lot in magic has happened in three or four years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a card that was widely looked at as, oh my god, we gotta ban this, because 60% of the meta's blue, and it's an anti-blue card. Uh-huh. Now it's like, where's elves? Because it's just like, like there was a race going on, and elves hit the fucking well, the like NOS, burn. and like it caught up, Yep. and it ran out of NOS. Yeah. And everyone just, else is still... The way the elves has got nothing printed, like Burn, burn yep. just fell out of existence because nothing got printed for Burn. Right. Because they, they just can't print Lightning Bolt again. Yep. And elves just hasn't gotten anything. Yeah. What else do you have to improve on? I mean, he got that one, the elvish, the Leaf Crown Visionary. Which yeah, a new elf floor that's okay. Basically, at most, as far as like consistent play pattern, it's a one of. Yeah. Because it's a decent green sun target. Yep, and... It can draw you a few cards when you have extra mana. But yeah. like the times when you have extra mana, you usually already have a lot going. Like you're already going, you're doing the thing. So yeah. it's really good in those fair, like we were talking about, yeah. where they've stopped my combo, but I've got a, you know, yep. I've got a fighting shot at this game if I can draw three cards a turn and you only draw one. Yep. So all right. Ready to wrap up legacy then. I just want to, I, that was yeah. you talking about how, you know, you were kind of bummed out elves and in the top. 32 which is real it's like well let's take a peek at the top 10 decks let's see what it looks like uh top spells are exact same as top cards <laughs> <laughs> got <Next>. you <laughs> on to modern so into modern i'm kind of hoping to do like a tight 30 in modern we're about hour and a half in so i'd like to wrap this up around two hours we'll do our patreon episode and i was hoping to get this edited here since you have good internet but if i can't that's fine um so first up in modern watu mainstay here in the modern challenges we've got jeskai control with kahira and solitude and by Jeskai Control, of course, I mean blue-white control. <laughs> with two flame blitz. <laughs> with two flame blitz and two crumble to dust. Yep. Um, so Kihira with, and this is a very this is a very standard-looking control list, kind of at face value, where Kihira, your four solitudes, making the Kihira free, obviously. Two, two fairy, or three fairy, I mean, which is the biggest divergence we see in this main board. Usually, you're a little more stacked with Planeswalkers in your blue-white control list, because, mm-hmm. like, that's how you're going to be winning, is... Locking the game down with some kind of planeswalker like five fairy or get even getting Jace going. Sometimes it's getting Emperor going. Only two three fairies is pretty low. 
And something else kind of interesting in the main board, one hallowed moonlight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some real main board hate for cheating creatures into play. Yeah, which, well, I mean, think about what you're playing against. You've got all the elementals. You've got archons. Well, you do cast the elementals. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's true. I, I thought about that too. Yeah. But unfortunately, you do cast them. But, side note, so you've got the elementals. A lot of times they're bouncing in and out of play, which wasn't what I was thinking of, but just kind of it, a, Well, it does hit scam. Yeah, it They don't get to scam them. Yep. Um, you've got, uh, what I say, so you got all the archon decks- the Indomitable Creativities and the Reanimator deck. And which, the Reanimator decks. Yep. And the like, so like Gorio's Vengeance, Through the Breach, Reanimator, um, Indomitable Creativity, all those shenaniganery decks. Yep. And then you've got the Cascade decks. And Cascade. Actually, because it doesn't say non token, does it? Nope. Yeah. So it's also, yeah, also hits Cascade pretty hard. That's a yeah. good point. And it hits both Cascades. It does equally. Yep. So it's a good card. And it's it, like, again, the floor is, it cycles. It cycles. Yep. <laughs> it, just, it just, it just dresses down and cycles. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you do have two prismatic, so two prismatic ending again, low on removal here. But you do kind of supplement that with three supreme verdicts. So you know, eh. yeah. Uh, is that a new? Is that Lord of the Rings printing? Which one? There's a new supreme verdict. I mean, I think that's the uh, the Lord. Yeah, that's Lord of the Rings because it has the triangle. I'm kind of happy to see Supreme Verdict get a reprint. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings stuff, but I'm glad to see that card get a little cheaper. It was getting like twelve dollars a piece. Like they're gonna get him. You can look at the bottom. It's the triangle. Oh, no. I'm just reading the flavor text. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you're doing that. It's just kind of hard to read because it's a so copy tiny. of a copy. It's kind of, it's the opposite shrunken. of most cards where they actually only put like a line and a half yeah, of text. So they, yeah, there's six lines of flavor. It's four mana and only gets you uh, eight words of text. <laughs> so they filled um, it up with flavor text. But so not much removal in terms of targeted removal. You just have the two prismatic endings, but you do have the three supreme verdicts and the four solitudes um, and the four solitudes. Correct. Yep. Uh, you do have four Archmage's Charms and four Counterspells to kind of deal with stuff on as it's coming down. And three Memory Deluge to refill. Chalice of the Void. Dress Down, that other card we talked about that is amazing in Cycles. Uh, Leyline Binding, because you're a blue-white deck, why wouldn't you run a five-color domain card? Yep. And Forest Shark Typhoon, because we do actually have to win the game at some point. And this deck does have the Hall of Haleod's Generosity, which is a super cool combo. You get to be cycling your... Uh, shark Typhoons, making sharks, and then putting it back on top of your deck, yeah. recycling it. You're still turning to the deck, and you're also making dudes. And just as a backup, we do have one Hall of Storm Giants. Yep, which is a very real threat. That it game is. is. That card has ended a fucking ton of games. It has. Um, I will say that the Ward 3 is not nearly as big a deal for Hall of Storm Giants as it is for other other low to the ground cards that have like ward two, let's say. So like Rafine's a great example where if you play standard, you know, Rafine Rafine has ward one. Mm -hmm. It's, but it's a three mana one, four. And so it is kind of in standard. It's kind of hard to kill early because like your good removal spells are Cost costing two, two, yeah. two or three. And so like it's it's taking your entire turn. It's, it's actually really difficult to remove. And it's also very difficult to remove like on there. Very common is you leave your two mana up, they cast it, you can't kill it on their on their, on their turn. You have to use your entire turn to kill it. Yeah. And that's that's to me, that's again one of the cool things about Ward, and we've talked about Ward quite a bit over the past couple of weeks. That design space is really interesting. Where like you don't make that card more like you can almost always still kill him. Yes. But it becomes a matter of efficiency. Yep. It's kind of like this guy has just this pseudo days. Yeah. Where like you're gonna have to pay one more. Yep, and you're still gonna, but you're just you're playing a turn behind if you want to deal with that card yeah, in particular. It's the perfect not hexproof. Like I, it's it's the perfect response to hexproof. The perfect upgrade from hexproof. Anyway, what I was getting at was so storm of the Hall, 
Hall of the Storm Giants has Ward 3, but it takes six mana to turn it on. Yeah. So that and means you have seven mana. Yeah. Which means the game has progressed such At that... At least seven turns. They probably have the three extra mana. Yeah. Um, it is relevant that it uh, dodges things like Prismatic Ending really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that where it's not a creature on your turn, on your opponent's yeah, turn. Yeah, dodges basically dodges your sorcery, sorcery yeah. speed removal. Dodges your sorcery speed removal, but... Uh, the Ward 3 not as relevant, but it does it. It does end games like a motherfucker being a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. And then your sideboard, uh, Chalice, Blossoming Calm. Your red cards are going to be Crumble to Dust, which is pretty good at answering anything that cares about color protection because it's Devoid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not thinking of Crumble to Dust. What am I thinking of? What's the one that deals two damage, but it has Devoid? That's Kozilek's Return. Yeah, it's like two and a red cause return. Yeah. That's right. Crumble to Dust is uh, Exile, a non-basic land, yeah. searches, controllers, graveyard, blah, blah, blah. I get all of them. Fuck Tron. Yeah, fuck Tron. I'm sorry, I was thinking of Coslick's Return, which is a great way to handle pro-colored spells. Yep. And Flame Blitz. Uh, at the beginning of each, if you're end step, Flame Blitz deals five damage to each Planeswalker. Now, seeing that in the sideboard, do you think they chose to run fewer Planeswalkers so that Flame Blitz helps in the mirror? Or did they decide to run few Planeswalkers and thus Flame Blitz is great? Because Flame Blitz is a phenomenal card if, you wanna, if you're playing going against Planeswalkers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I could, my first instinct is to build the 60 and then build the 75. Because I would rather have five fairy. Right. But the flip side is planeswalkers traditionally are really hard to beat with control decks. Yeah. Because like most of your, again, we talked about it a million times. That's going to be the bingo for this fucking thing is how many times we've talked about the things we're talking about. Yep. But the, it's very hard to remove planeswalkers for control decks because we don't have 20 years of printed cards. Yep. This does that very cleanly. There's a ton of fucking planeswalkers in modern that see play. Yep. I could see going, I do want to run flame blitz because it really shores up a weakness of my deck. Yep. I will cut a couple and, and just and run it other cards. It just really fixes that mirror. It does. Of like, obviously they have, they do have like Leyline Binance to get rid of it and whatnot, but like it, if your deck is a ten planeswalker deck, and the, and the main value plan of the deck is to slam some planeswalkers and get use out of them, flame blitz fucks that plan pretty hard. Yeah, well, and the nice thing is, again, it's really kind of hard to answer because, like, leyline binding, if I remember, that's uh, it's got flash, but like flame blitz, it doesn't need to stick around. Most of the time, you're gonna cast that, move to your instep, and it's probably yeah. gonna do its ping, job. Ping, ping, dead. Yeah, we're done. And again, the floor is it cycles. And then once you know, once they remove it, it's like cool. Now I'm up a card, right? At least, yeah, because I it, probably it killed almost a planeswalker. certainly killed your planeswalker. Yep. So I've gone up a card for one red. Yep. So strong card, strong card. And the rest of it is basically just anti combo, dress downs, hallowed moonlights, and uh, stuff like that. I'm a big fan of these uh these kind of niche cards that cycle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a great way, and Watsi has learned just to make a hyper specific silver bullet card super playable it was just like just let it be not dead in my hand completely yep it does one thing it does it very well yep and then it cycles and if it does if it's not going to do that thing it's okay it's just gone next up we have a like mono red mid-range deck uh this is so it's it it's kind of like generic ragavan without the underworld breach package but it's also a little more just straight mid-rangey yeah this See, deck is you got Ra- you got Ragavan, Season Pyromancer, and Fury. Then you've got Flame Slash, which is just top tier removal for one red sorcery. Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Shatter, or Shatter Skull Smashing. So just kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. 
Relic of Progenitus, four in the main board, and two Maze Mind Tome. Here's a card that I don't know if we've even seen pop up in no. modern. This was um this was a uh standard all-star. So two uh two generic mana for an artifact. You can tap it to put a page counter on it and scry one, or you can pay two and tap it, put a page counter on it, draw a card, and then if it has four or more page counters, you exile it and gain four life. Just really good either fixing to scry your way out of a problem. If you have the mana, you get to go up on cards, and at the end of it, you get a sweet four life. A nice little extra powerful healing salve. Mm-hmm. And there's and I've I have personally played a lot of games where like you are banking on that four life being what swings the game and buys Just you buys the extra you a turn. turn. Yes. Yep. The four life really matters. And you can get to that four life without inputting any mana into it. Mm-hmm. In theory, you can just scry, 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 game. Yep. Or if you, like, and you can mix and match, you know, you draw one, draw one, scry, scry. Like you're never locked into anything with it. And then, of course, four blood moon, four fable, the mirror breaker, because, duh. Obviously, cards much worse when you don't have any ramp other than Ragavan, but still pretty good. And then for lands, the only thing's interesting here, we've got uh, one of the new Sokanzons, we've got the four Den of the Bugbear, four Blast Zones, which is a little interesting. We've got a full four of Blast Zones. When you look at this deck, there's a lot of red pips. Yep. Like Ragavan, Season Pyromancer, Fury. Obviously, uh, in fairness, Fury's got three generics, but like Flame Slash, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Shatter Skull Smashing. There's a lot of red pips in this deck to be dedicating. And Field of Ruin, which um, a also full doesn't produce eight red. Colorless lands in the main in the mana base. Yeah. But it is a mono red deck, so you do get some help there. And here's some tech we haven't seen in a little while. Shinka, the blood soaked keep. So you legendary land, you know, tap it for a red, or you can pay a red and tap it, and you give one of your uh you give legendary first strike. Give Ragavan first strike. Yep. <laughs> there was a the huge before um before Luris got banned, it was a uh, red black was pretty popular, and it was Shinka. And the, uh, the black the one that one. gives it fear. The ones yeah. that give it fear. Yep. It was all about giving your Ragavan, making your Ragavan kill their Ragavan in, in combat or making it unblockable, basically. Yeah. Sideboard, very clean. Hey, look, four stone brain. <laughs> uh, two dragon's claw. Obviously, just some some burn hate and obviously synergize as well when you're all yours are red, too. Mm-hmm. Um, two shattering spree. Phenomenal card. Pyrite, pyrite spell bomb. Um, literally, I'm going to tell you almost entirely there for, uh, like Forge Tender and Pro Wretched, uh, uh, Sanctifier and Vec. Yeah. You're Pro Wretched. And then three Chalice of the Void. Yeah. There's, this is the kind of deck that if you look at it, you're like, why in the fuck did this get second? <laughs> like, it's very much like a generic mid range. And like, yeah. it, it isn't the this- funny thing. It's, it's, the whole point of a mid-range deck is to run the best cards. Yep. And these are just the worst fucking cards. It's not even the best cards. There's no top end. There's no crazy. This deck isn't doing anything crazy powerful right. except Ragavan except and Season Pyromancer. fucking Fury and beating you to death with it. And killing every single creature you play right. with 14 kill spells. Third place. Um, how many do we only have one this time? <laughs> not six or whatever the fuck that was. Uh, our only that was, what, five last week. Five. Hammer I think times? it was five. Yeah, it Four was five. like it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, our only Azorius Hammer Time. We did get props from Emperor. If you saw, he did give us a little yep. pat on the back for having a very good discussion on Hammer Time. We get some more on the ball once in a while. Well, it's hard to not talk about it when it's half the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> I we did, but we did a good job talking about it. Yeah. That's the important part. Well, uh, if you talk about something, a topic like we do for half an hour, you can probably carve five be, minutes of intelligence. There's got to be some there. good stuff in there, right? Just proper editing, guys. Enough, <laughs> enough monkeys and typewriters. We'll get Shakespeare. 
Uh, so Azorius, we're down to only four Ornithopter. Obviously, no Memnites. There's no room for it. An interesting mainboard card here, Haywire Might. Definitely usually something you see in the sideboard. Uh, one mana for a 1-1 artifact. You can pay a green, which, correct me if I'm wrong. There's one Temple Garden. Okay. It's like We don't have green in Azorius. Technically, a Windswept Heath to go find it. I yep. mean, you can get other stuff with the air, like Arid Mesa and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it, it's white. Yeah. So yeah, we have one green mana and one Haywire Might for answers. Yep. Um, but, you know, the Ginger Brute, two Giver of Runes, not down from four, Pierce Still Paladin, Stoneforge, Mystic, uh, Search of Salvation, still staying strong with three. That card, I'm, I, I'm so happy that card is doing well, because I called that right away. Um, oh, something just occurred to me. I'm going to go through these modern decks a little faster. I think modern is going to see quite a bit of a shakeup from the Lord of the Rings set, and I think it's coming out this week. I think this week is pre-release. Gotcha. So I kind of foresee a decent little shakeup in modern with some really modern. I mean, it's it's not quite modern horizons three, but it's direct to modern. There's some real modern playable cards in there. Yep. So I'm calling my shot now that we're going to see some interesting Lord of the Ring cards next week. But anyway, th- uh, two spell pierce for our our main board protection and three surge of salvation, basically taking that blacksmith skill place instead of protecting one thing really well. I'm just going to protect all of them really well. Seems like a just a straight upgrade. Uh, your Stoneforge Mystic package is going to be Cauldra, Shadow Spear, Colossus Hammer. That's it. Force of Guard is Aid, Four Pierce of Power. I think I said that already. And then your sideboard is pretty standard: two Orvar, two Sanctifier, uh, some three Lavinia. So Orvar, well, Orvar doesn't count, but Lavinia is for actual blue pips in the sideboard. Um, some Graveyard Hate with Hallowed Moonlight. Uh, some just straight creature hate with March of Otherworldly Light and Path Exile and Pithy Needle. You know what drives me nuts? Orvar's probably the most played elf in uh, modern. Oh, by a mile. Stupid. <laughs> he's also the most played. Fucking blue gets even gets the best elves. He's 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 also the most played Kithkin, probably by a mile as well. That's true. <laughs> he's actually the best shapeshifter too. Fourth place, we've got four color living end. Uh, running through here, I always like to see if we have kind of the biggest addition we saw get made to this was like colossal sky turtle. Just as a like a big six five with ward two that you can channel a couple different ways to wasn't it like bounce a thing or regrowth a thing? Yeah, you can yeah. bounce a creature or regrowth uh target yeah, target card. So regrowth target um what's it called? What's it called, Matt? Cascade spell to your hand. Living end. Living end. Or no, you wouldn't put living end in your or, hand. Sorry, uh yeah, violent outburst. Violent outburst back yeah. into your hand. And then the main board, the but this main board is pretty standard. Nothing really interesting in here. These decks have this. This deck has the least amount of wiggle room as far as a cascade deck. What is interesting is we haven't seen Living End top eight in a long time. Living, um, Indomitable Creativity has been by a mile the combo deck of choice for modern lately. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see Living End kind of pop back in because it's such a mainstay staple of modern and it has been completely absent for a long time. So just to back up your point, two indomitable indomitable creativity in the top 32 and only one Living End. Yep. So there's one Living End in the top. He got fourth. So huge shout outs to Gabinacci for bringing it home with Living End. A only a $740 deck. Surprisingly cheap, incredibly powerful modern deck. If Fifth you want to play the same game every fucking game. That's the yeah. catch. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes I do. It, it, it is. I had a lot of fun at the last 1K I went to where I was just like, uh, turn three, can I have an Archon, please? Sweet, game's over. Oh, no? Okay, cool. The game's over? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I uh, that deck has a ton yeah, your, of... 
it's not nearly all in like yeah. like black red is. It's you can really I've had I've absolutely gone for it two or three times in a game. But anyway, speaking of super cool decks to see in the top eight, we've got Boros Burn in fifth place. How awesome is that? We just two ancient, decrepit old decks we haven't seen in forever coming in fourth and fifth. That being said, there is nothing interesting in this deck. <laughs> There's not a single fucking new card in here. Nope. Neither neither deck had really anything interesting in them. There, in fairness, I didn't go super deep into the sideboard of that Living End deck. Let me let me take one quick peek at that. Uh, you do have nothing. Cool. Nothing interesting. Couple subtleties. That's it. And then Boros Burn. The main board is stock, stock, lava spikes, lightning bolts, searing blaze, skull crack, skewer the critics, two rolling vortex just to keep that life gain oh, out. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> just, just as many, almost thirty lightning bolts. And then sideboard is more vortexes, path to exile, sanctifier, smash of smithereens, exquisite firecraft. Here's kind of an interesting one that we. Oh no, we talked about this. It's yep. not new. It's not. It's. It always seems new to me because I see it so rarely. But no, and uh, wear tear. Sixth place, um, another boring deck. We've got straight up Murktide Regent. Is it Murktide with uh, Ragavan DRC, two Ledger Shredder in this list, and the full form Murktides? Uh, the main board is the correct list. Pretty standard. Yep, the correct list for you. Only one Force Negation in the main. You're supplementing that with uh, four Counter Spells, three Spell Pierces, and uh, of course, four Expressive Iteration. That amazing card that. Uh, oddly enough, isn't enough to hold Murktide in the top seat anymore. Nope. Uh, four Mistress Bobble to, to keep it going, and your sideboard is kind of all the same stuff we see in these lists uh, for a while. Now. A Braid, Blood Moon, Fury, Mystical Dispute, Engine Explosive, stuff like that. Nothing. Uh, four stock lists in a row. Like I should yep. say, it's not four, three, because Hammer Time not really stock because it has that Surge of Salvation, but it's pretty close to stock. Like, pretty standard lists. Think Indomitable Creativity is really going to shake it up? Probably not. Uh, we do have three Archons, eight Planeswalkers with Ren and Teferi. Uh, in the main board, we've got, uh, worth noting, no Persists in this list. We have uh, <gasps> four <laughs> Indomitable Creativity and, four, and one Transmogrify uh, for Binding for Fable. Nothing going on here, guys. Uh, this Change the Equation still showing up here in the sideboard. I still love that card. I think it's really cool design. One in a blue to counter a cr spell with mana value two or less or a red or green spell with mana value six or less a really cool counter spell a cool take on a two mana counter spell yep i agree um but no hit it consumes all emmer cool for the mill nothing crazy going on here the again the one planes in the side yep for the blood moon match never gonna give that up nope there's no reason to and here let's see how are we doing on time perfect we're at about 20 minutes, 25 minutes in modern, and we're going to wrap it up with Rakdos Scam. Ragavan, Dothy, Kroxa, Season Pyromancer, Full Four, Grief and Fury. You've got, how many do we have? Uh, three, six, only six undying effects. So, I mean, I think eight. I thought it was eight was standard. Have they trimmed down to six and I didn't notice? Was well, it, there's usually there? a couple of the third one because there's a third one that does basically the same thing, but it's I think it's slightly worse, and I think it's a lot of the pyroblast, uh, red elemental blast effect. Gotcha. But like I, it was I know for a fact it was between six and eight, but it seemed like they varied some. Okay, I thought it was closer to eight, but okay, so six undying effects. Um, literally like stock list though, stock, stock, stock. Thought seizes, Culligan's command terminates, blood moons, uh, sideboard. 
the newest card you're seeing in here is going to be something like the Filigree, which mm-hmm. is just a kind of a better Ratchet Bomb style card. Hey, look, Ratchet Bomb. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing really interesting in modern this week. Uh, in my opinion, it's very interesting to see Boros Burn and Living End pop up. That's really cool and really high up too. Like fifth and fourth and fifth is pretty sweet. Yeah. And I shouldn't say nothing. I guess we did see a really bad red deck come in second place. Like when we've seen these kind that kind of deck pop every time, we're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like just on the back of Ragavan and Season Pyromancer. I'm guessing and just. Does that deck to me looks like what it reminds me of is you're at a party and somebody tells a joke and everyone but you gets it. And I'm like, yeah, what, what the fuck is yeah. what's the what's what, the punchline? With why this is this funny? I feel like I'm missing the punchline yeah. because what, like dude, it doesn't even run Urza Saga. I know. I thought about that, too. I was like, why wouldn't you run Urza Saga in this? And it's not, there well, isn't I mean, like Field of Ruin <clears throat> or Urza Saga. At that there point. isn't even like a masterfully sculpted sideboard. It's three, four, two, two, four. Right. I don't so. get it, dude. That is a cool list. There's there was some really cool decks to see pop into the top eight this week. Although most of the lists we see are pretty stock and standard. Metagame breakdown. We did have six Merktide Regent decks this week. Uh eight eight point seven five eighteen point seven five percent. And then we had four Rakdos uh scam and four hammer time lists. So twelve and a half percent each. The the top of the metagame was was kind of stacked this week. We're looking at what, like forty percent in those three decks. That's a little, little too much. But then you have Death Sky Control, Burn. You've that Through the Breach and Domino Creativity. I'll bring it home to each. And then a, a pretty healthy stack of one-ofs. And a Merfolk list. And an Affinity list. There you go. See? Like all kinds of still fun stuff going on. Now, I do have... I think I solved the puzzle. Let's look at the most played cards. And then let's look at the Rakdos Mentors <laughs> list. <laughs> Lightning Bolt, Ragavan, Fury, Unholy Heat, <laughs> Season Pyromancer. Season Pyromancer. Engineered Explosives. Engineered Explosives. Yep. I mean, it is just running some of the best cards in modern. Just not even like, not even, I wouldn't even say like it's the best. Five of the most played cards in the deck. It's just like, it just, I look at that and I go, do I want Flame Slash or Grief? Probably Grief on Dying. Right. That's probably what I want. Or if you want to just go straight mana for mana, do I want Flame Slash or Thoughtseize? In his defense, like, a deck that probably does play relatively well against the scam decks because you just kill it. There yeah. is no chance to scam. And you can even, like, you probably have the redundancy where they go grief and you're like, sure, take one. I have three lightning bolts or yep. lightning bolt effects. Go ahead. Now cast your, un- yeah, your undying cards are dead in hand forever. Right. So that, there is that probably some, probably some power there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, most played cards, lightning bolt, ragavan, counterspell, expressive iteration, and grief. Top creatures was Ragavan, Grief, Fury, Season Pyromancer, and DRC. <laughs> and top so that red deck. <laughs> Lightning Bolt, Counterspell, Expressive Iteration, Engineered Explosives, and Mistress Bobble. All right, Matt. We talked last week about maybe doing some chit chat about uh, Lord of the Ring cards we liked and some really in depth, deep analysis. And it's late on Friday, so we're not doing that. Okay. We're going to push that <laughs> off again. Hopefully, next week we can record a little earlier. But. Uh, Matt, is there anything else you did want to talk about this week? We are rounding. Not that bef- I can think of. Before editing, right about two hours, so we're gonna be right where we usually are. Cool. The short we're podcast. Good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, one final shout out to our patrons. Thank you guys very much. If you want to uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cantor Cartel. We've got all the tiers. Every tier gets you into the Discord, including some sweet merch, and I- I'll put it on here too. Um, some incredibly overpriced sleeves. 
but I can get them from Dragon Shield. <laughs> um, it's like $40 for a set of 100 yeah, We did have a couple fun. super awesome fans that wanted some. Thank you very much for repping. Um, always thanks everyone to... Uh, every, and to be to, fair, that's forty dollars with literally z- that's what they charge. Yeah, I mean it's it's like thirty eight. It, the shipping depends on where you live, but it was like thirty eight seventy. I'm yeah. not I'm not making a, a I'm a dollar. Yeah, that's fucking absurd for a pack of sleeves. It is. And that's that's just I don't just like Cantrip Cartel. That that's much. just their custom <laughs> sleeve price. But and I with that, thank you to everyone who ever reps us with a t shirt or like I know Rose and Winter. I see them every week or almost every week on Monday um, with our. Play play match. Match, it it feels like so cool. Everyone who wears our shir- shirts or you know reps our stuff, that's so awesome. Thank you very much. Um, if you want to reach out to us, cantripcartel at gmail.com, cantripcartel on Facebook, cantripcartel on Twitter, cantripcartel on Instagram. It's cantripcartel everywhere. And uh, I would be happy to chit-chat with you, answer any questions, or just you know hear your feedback. But Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Probably, but I don't remember it either, so it can't be that important. Then we'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Um... So, unfortunately, this is turn five of turns, and I'm pretty sure I can't win. So, do you want to offer a draw? I suppose. Ran out of time. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers crowns the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers Unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, doused in serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the Cantrip Cartel.